is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge. In the field, number 70! We're talking about practice. Hello, you play to win the game. The Yankees are champions of baseball. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Three, two, one, happy 2000! No time on the clock, and the Patriots have won Super Bowl 36. Short open, Chicago with the lead! Worldwide Sports Radio Network presents Below the Mark. Welcome, welcome, welcome to a new show of Below the Mic. I'm your host, Errol Marks, my co-host, Mr. Speedy Petey, a.k.a. Mr. Tidy Whitey. Remember, you can call us at 631-500-0548. You can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com and yes, you can download our app. Well, if you're not downloading our app, well then you're going to have to look at Speedy's underwear. Anyways, if you haven't, all you got to do is go to iOS, which is WWSRN or Android, Worldwide Sports Radio Network. I sent out a mask test text, I'm sorry, to all the Facebook users that listen to us. And I accidentally sent it to a guy that always keeps complaining not to send it to him. Because he became an eBay coincisted star. And what I mean by that is, he sold his fandom to the L.A. Lakers. Oh. Yes, Evan Permuter. Okay, so Mr. Evan Permuta, I'm sorry I sent you a group message because you're a fake New York fan, you're a fake (laughs) sports fan, and you should sell your life and everything that owns behind it to eBay because you sold your fandom to an organization to me has bought their organization for year in, year out, all Really, for the last 40 or 50 years. So, kiss my ass. How's that sound, Evan Permuter? You know, it's funny. I actually brought up I brought up his name to, to Greg, who just joined our network on um, on Smoke and Mirrors last week. Uh, I actually brought his name up because he, he used to be a Knicks fan, too. He didn't sell it, obviously, but he used to be a Knicks fan, too. And he was he was talking to us after the show about how What, he, is he a Laker fan now? Uh, no, he, he's just not. Uh, he's not one specific team in basketball. He's just a basketball fan. But I told him about that and how he was like... Best friends with Matty Caps, and he knew you and stuff like that. So. No, I couldn't. I, I can't stand. No offense to the kid. I don't hate him as a person. I just don't like the fact that he has the nerve to tell me not to send him anything, and then all of a sudden take shots. Uh, at the New York Knicks in the organization because we all know the Knicks aren't a good organization. They're slowly but surely getting better yeah. with everything what Tom Thibodeau is doing, the Rose and Wesley, and obviously uh, the new management of the organization. But for him to take shots at the New York Knicks organization, this is a guy that was a New York Knicks fan for about 30 years. And then all of a sudden sell his fandom to eBay and the L.A. Lakers and now all of a sudden he's a LeBron James fan. It's, it's a joke, an absolute joke. So Tony Rubo, Vinny Rubo, Evan Permuter, and Matty Caps can kiss my damn ass. How's that sound? <laughs> Anyways, we do this every single Wednesday for Below the Mic, Speedy. Sports and entertainment news. How the Lakers can strike back five best targets right now. Speedy. Who would you think the the Lakers should do and go after? There's a guy on the Spurs right now that might be available. Do you know who I'm talking about? On the Spurs? Mm -hmm. Oh, Rudy Gay? No. I know his name has been brought up. 
Lamarcus Aldridge? Not him. Oh, I was going to say, you bring up Lamarcus Aldridge, that would be something. Another superstar. Ooh. One of their one of their top players, Demar Derozan. Demar Derozan, who has become available right now. Hmm. Uh, very very interesting. I wouldn't be surprised if Demar Derozan will be traded at the trade deadline, which is a couple of weeks away. Actually, a week away. So very very interesting. Four trade proposals to get Russell Wilson out of Seattle. Did you hear the one with the the, the Sam Donald? Yeah, the one you told me earlier with a four-way one was ridiculous. <laughs> that one was... <laughs> the Jets were going to get... They weren't even going to get a first-round pick of the deal. Were they gonna, if the Broncos a were involved... A fifth. A, it was a fourth, a third, and Tim Patrick from the Broncos. And you didn't even mention the fourth team. I don't even remember who that was. I don't remember. How, do, how, how does that make Bears, any sense for anybody? I think it was the Bears. How does that make any sense for anybody uh, for the, if you're from the Jets' standpoint? I have no idea. <laughs> uh, the worst... Possible landing spots for every top NFL NFL free agent. Well, um, I, I do believe Barrett is going to be available. I, I did not see him. He didn't get franchised. He did not get franchise tag. So but he's going to be available. Long term deal. Yeah, they're working on it. Doesn't mean that it's going to happen. So he is available. So where do you think he could go if they don't sign him? Maybe he goes back to the Broncos. That's a he's a familiar fit over there. Won a Super Bowl with them as a rookie. And similar schemes that Todd Bowles and Vic Fangio run with the with the zone blitz, with the blitz emphasis that they like to do. So I could see him going back there. Mm. NFL rumors and news. Bears desperate for a quarterback. Prepared to throw a boatload of picks for Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson. Very, very interesting. You see, Russell Wilson is going to be available. I don't know if Russell Wilson... Uh, the Bears are one of the teams that he proposed that he would like to go mm -hmm. to. Why he would want to go there doesn't make any sense to me nope. because both teams have very bad offensive line. But uh, Deshaun Watson is a guy that clearly wants out of the Texans, but I don't know if it, the Bears are one of the teams that he's interested in going to. Uh, more than likely, Russell Wilson, if there's any chance, he'd go to the Bears, and Deshaun Watson could go very much elsewhere. And I think the only two teams that possibly could land him is the New York Jets and the Miami Dolphins. From a trade perspective, the Bears make sense. I, but you're right. I don't know why Wilson would want to go there. Especially, I know Allen Robinson got franchise tag. That doesn't mean he's not happy or unhappy. Though. Jerry Jones seems to uh, like to overpay people. Dak Prescott uh, got a huge contract. Um, I, you see, I think with Jerry, and it's so interesting, Jerry Jones... He didn't want to lose Lawrence. He gave Lawrence a big contract. He didn't lose Cooper. He didn't want to lose Cooper. He gave Cooper a big contract. He didn't want to lose Jalen Smith. He gave him a big contract. Now, all of a sudden, he gives Dak Prescott a big contract. I think Dak, out of all those guys, deserves it the most. Why does he overpay guys? That's going to be the question that Jerry Jones is going to have to answer when OTAs open up. So far, Cooper is the only one who's played well since getting that contract. Smith's been hurt, so granted that hasn't helped, but Lawrence has struggled. And then don't forget about your boy, Ezekiel Elliott, who somebody him who too. calls this show claims could run on Barry Sanders' offensive line. <laughs> Multiple teams inquiring about Patriots. Uh, Nikhil Harry, what do you think about mm -hmm. that? That's interesting. Uh, he hasn't fit there, obviously, yet. He's had injury issues. And, again, that was my biggest concern, as much as I liked him as a prospect, of when he got drafted. So I can see why they end up trading him. But at the same time, who else do they have over there to really afford to do that? Rework contracts for Christian McCaffrey and Shaq Thompson to save the Panthers millions. I'm very mm -hmm. surprised that Christian McCaffrey is doing this. I mean, this is a guy that should take as much money as he possibly can, being that he's a young running back and he has the opportunity to over-exhaust his contract. 
I, this doesn't make any sense to me, Speedy. It just shows you one thing about Christian McCaffrey. He has faith in what Matt Rule is doing and is willing to shed some money to make it happen to build the right pieces around him, whether offensively or defensively. Mm. NBA rumors and news. The Celtics actually really wanted to trade for James Harden because, of course, they didn't. So what do you think about that? That story is interesting. I didn't hear anything about the Celtics interested in James Harden. Yeah, I don't know how much that's going to be realistic for the Celtics. That's not really what they need. They need more depth shooters more than anything else. They have the stars. Kemba Walker, when he's healthy, is a superstar. Brown and Tatum have both played phenomenally, but the depth has been the issue for them, and obviously, as we mentioned, the size. Clippers plan for the trade deadline revealed. Now, it's interesting. Mm. I'm reading all different things that they could make. They need a playmaker, and they need offensive diversity. They need How size, about, too. They need size. How about getting a big man who's available with the Cleveland Cavaliers? You know what I'm talking Mr. about. Mr. Drummond. That's right. I think he fits perfectly with them. He also fits perfectly with the Celtics. Yep. So that's something going to be very interesting moving forward. Miami Heat's $4.8 million incentive to waive Myers Leonard ASAP. What do you think about that? Please do it. That was stupid what he said. Inappropriate. Mm. We will talk about that in just one second. Five ideal Victor Oladipo trade scenarios. One of them, the New York Knicks. Who do you see Victor Oladipo getting traded to because he's not going to be with the Rockets? Yeah, the Rockets, I've heard of doing a lot of this quote-unquote fire sale. Uh, it, it's very interesting. Uh, I could see a, I could see a 76ers kind of thing working out there. Uh, they're looking for that other backcourt player to help out. Victor Oladipo could be a wing. He could be a point guard type player. And they need that other piece to keep up with the Nets and the Bucks. Warriors attach high price to any trade involving James Wiseman or top three protected draft picks. What do you think about that? Uh, that means they're going for something big if they're going to. Are they really Wiseman thinking the about deal. trading Wiseman? I wouldn't trade Wiseman, but again, if it, if it means something big, big, uh, who knows? <laughs> MLB rumors and news: the Texas Rangers to allow 100% capacity in the stadium on opening day. I'm not surprised. Uh, Texas opening up everything. Even Florida is opening up everything. <laughs> yeah, it's very so interesting. The, the two premature states. Yep. Sounds Yankees about right. Zach Britton says he lost 18 pounds in 10 days after COVID-19 diagnosis. And then all of a sudden, he needs surgery. So interesting, interesting, interesting. Uh, losing a lot of weight might affect his arm. Yeah. I, I don't know. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's an interesting story. Offseason in review for the New York Yankees. I'm not going to go over the offseason. The Kluber move was very interesting. And DJ LeMayu was just as big as any move yep. that any team made in the offseason. Uh, New York Mets scene practicing how to celebrate winning the World Series in spring training. Oh, God. Are we kidding? Oh, God. Are we kidding? I, I, I don't know what's going on with this New York Mets team. <laughs> Even just saying it is prematurely oh generally doesn't work. It worked for the Broncos, Emmanuel Sanders, and it worked for the Eagles with Alshon Jeffrey. Oh, but, he even, but that was even before he was traded to the Eagles. And then beyond that, every other premature celebration that I know of has gone to shreds. NHL rumors and news, the Predators. Uh, Dante Fabro. Uh, suspended two games for elbowing Hurricanes Brock McGinn. Did you see that? Yes, I did. And he's on, my, uh, he's on my 20 team hockey league that I do at Mikey C. So oh, well, now he go. will be dropped tonight. Uh, you going to drop him? Yeah. <laughs> mm, interesting. Uh, and final news the Rangers' Mr. Panarin returns to practice. What do you think about that? I think the Rangers need him. Well, yeah, they desperately need him. Uh, they're, I think. Seven, eight points back of Philadelphia right now for that fourth spot. For that fourth spot, 
and it's going to be very hard with the, with the injuries they've had. Truba had, did come back this week, which will help a little bit, but now that losing Shesterkin is going to hurt even more. Yes, and that, ladies and gentlemen, is sports and entertainment news of the week. Courtesy from, well, Pro Sports Daily. I'm reading some of the articles throughout the uh, the day, and we usually go through them, and I pick the best articles that are intriguing. So if you guys want to check out the articles that I've mentioned, all you have to do is go to prosportsdaily.com. I'm actually promoting them. Could you imagine that? Mm. I actually never heard of them until you were you introduced me to them um, two, three years very ago. Good, very, very good. Very good website when it comes to articles, if you guys want to. And you can check out our, our, our articles, our our. Our articles are great, too. So I'm tongue-twisted today. I don't know what the hell is going on with me today. But anyways, um, I do want to, before we get into some football, because there's a lot to, to get into when it, when it comes to the NFL, especially uh, we're about two and a half weeks, three weeks away from uh, free agency, and that's going to be very intriguing and very interesting for a lot of NFL teams. I want to get into this Miles Leonard thing. Yeah. And I... First of all, if anybody doesn't know me, I am an, I'm Italian-American. I have some Russian blood, Spanish blood, German blood in me. And I do have Jewish blood in me. Okay? And I, over the years, and, and we see some racist remarks throughout all these sports industry uh, conglomerates. We, we talk about the NBA. We talk about the NHL, the NFL, the MLB. There's always been something uh, going on when it comes to racism and anti-Semitic uh, attacks when it comes to professional athletes. And when I heard this story, I, I didn't really get the chance to go on Twitch or check this out. I think I think it was completely washed away. I think the NBA has uh, canceled and told Miles Leonard to cancel his Twitch. But the story that I read is Miles uh, Leonard was on Twitch, which a lot of people tune into, and said some anti-Semitic things, taking shots at Jewish um, fans, I think it was a Jewish yeah, fan. Yeah, it was Jewish. It was Jewish uh, players, whatever. whatever. Jewish the, players, Jewish fans, is, yeah. and the culture of Judaism. Now, it's so interesting because we we there are so many attacks over the last couple of years uh, from racism remarks and with Black Lives Matter and, and all the discussions that we have seen over the last couple of months and really. Uh, the COVID-19 year, the 2020, uh, going into 2021, uh, everybody has tried to protect what they say, not only to the social media markets, but throughout the press, throughout anal analysts, and, and everybody has protected what they said about racist remarks. Anti-Semitic remarks, and this is just as bad as being racist, okay? And... When you talk about a guy, Myers Leonard, who is a black African-American, who uh, is not a, a very popular player. He's not a superstar player in no. the NBA. He makes, about, he, he makes about $10 million a year, which is ridiculous for a bench player that barely gets any time on the court. Coming out and taking shots at Jewish people, Jewish athletes, and saying anti-Semitic uh, terms on... I guess you a high-profile uh, platform like Twitch is disgraceful. And a big game in uh, Call of Duty, I think, is what he was playing. So and one of the most popular games in the country. And to me, when you think of a guy like Pat Riley, you think of the Miami Heat, a very well-respectable organization, 
And you look at Miles Leonard, who is a bench player. He shouldn't even be on the court. I think he should be suspended uh, without any pay. Yep. I think Pat Riley needs to sit down with him and figure out uh, if he needs to sit down and talk to somebody or if he needs some help. Uh, to me, it's completely disgraceful, Speedy. I, I, I mean, me as a person, um, I, I have Jewish blood in me. And when I heard this story, and, and Julian Edelman, which – uh, shout out to Julian Edelman, uh, um, an uh, athlete, an NFL player who is Jewish, who has come out and, and spoken his piece and not taking shots at Miles Leonard. He actually wrote a letter to Miles Leonard that he wants to sit down and speak to him. Yeah. And he did that just past year against uh, – who did he write to? Um, oh, yeah. I forget who he wrote to. But he wrote to somebody that actually said some anti-Semitic things too. And Julian Edelman, who has – been really a guy that has approached and really stuck up for Jewish um, athletes, Jewish fans, um, is very, very interesting because I, I think that when you think of the game and the sports world, uh, it, it's to me it's it's something that people fans get away to. They they go and they listen and they watch sports to get away from their lives, get away from all the things that uh, they don't want to think about. Uh, maybe in debt or some of the money that they, they don't have now. Uh, and and, and you, you talk about sports. Sports get you away from that. And when you, when you talk about athletes that are playing video games, uh, competing uh, with fans on Twitch and uh, all these different, I guess, game platforms, um, esports platforms, it's disgraceful when you have to come out and say the things that you say, knowing that the world and everything that's going on in the world with the racist and the anti-Semitic attacks uh, through the KKK, um, and even uh, some of the things that we've seen in the last couple of years um, out in the open with uh, people killing innocent people. You know, by the way, it was Deshaun Jackson that he was informing when he had all that. Uh, Deshaun Jackson. Yeah, the, the, the Nazi or whatever the other thing. He the anti-Semitic attack. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, by the way, uh, Declan is saying something. Hey, man, just wanted to send this your way and see what you thought of the show. Uh, I, I will, by the way, Declan, I will check out everything. Uh, I am actually doing my show live, so I can't really look at it right now. So give me a, a, an opportunity um, after the show, and I'll check it out. But, I mean, this story has is, is going to take a lot of to tosses and turns because – you saw LeBron James when when there was racist remarks and, and attacks against black culture. Uh, he had a lot to say. He had a lot to say. A lot of athletes had a lot to say about it. Why isn't, besides Julian Edelman, the only person that's come out and spoken uh, spoken high praise and, and, and come out and said and stick up for the Jewish people? Has stuck up for what's going on in the world. That's what I want to know. I haven't heard anything from LeBron James. I haven't heard anything from Russell Wilson. I haven't heard from anybody. The only person we've heard from was Julian Edelman. You heard from Tom Brady when this was going on with Black Lives Matter and how he supported it. Why haven't we heard from any other athlete besides Julian Edelman? I don't care if you're not Jewish. It doesn't matter if you're Jewish. You're black. You're white. You're Brazilian. You're Chinese. It doesn't matter. It is a racist remark. It is attack to another culture. And when you come out and you don't speak up, when you have a platform, you saw Colin Kaepernick, he spoke out and he got screwed. He lost his job. He lost everything. And the NFL has paid for it dearly. And so has he. Now you see LeBron James. Oh, the great LeBron James. The great Kyrie Irving. 
the great James Harden, all these guys, all the big superstars, the Kevin Durant of the world, why haven't they come out and taken shots and, and stuck up? And stick up for the the mile, you know. Stick stick up for the Jewish people for after Miles Leonard taking shots at the Jewish culture. Yeah. When are you ever gonna learn, everybody? Do not go after race, religion, ethnicity, stuff like that. When are these people ever gonna learn? Clearly, it's in his vocabulary for some reason, and that shows who he is. It's simple as that. And you could say, all right, I. You could say that I need to get educated. Why is the term in your vocabulary? Why is this anti-Semitic terms engraved in you? It has to come from something. It's not like it was like you're a like a preteen kid saying stupid things like we saw some of these past athletes. You're a grown man. Get educated and especially just learn with all these things that have been happening the last year. I mean, this is crazy. It really is. And, and, and to me, the fact that only one athlete has come out and spoken up for the Jewish culture, it's disgraceful. It's absolutely disgraceful. LeBron James should be ashamed of himself. All these guys that have spoken up for um, 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 Black Lives Matter and all the anti-Semitic racist things that we've heard, I mean the racist things we've heard and, and, and all the, the different murders that have happened over the last couple of months and years from the police. Why hasn't anybody spoken up and stuck up for the Jewish religion, the Jewish people? That to me is disgraceful. It really is. Because we as people should be sticking together. As athletes, athletes coming out and speaking for all different cultures, all different things that are going on in the world. You have your own thoughts with the politicians and politics and Donald Trump. Why isn't anybody coming out and speaking up for what this guy, this man, Miles Leonard said, which is disgraceful, disgusting, pathetic. And religion is just as big of our history, our world history, as anything else with ethnicity, uh, with, how, with how different countries were formed. Obviously, different religions were formed. It was a religious war for a while, so it, it matters just as much. I know it gets drowned out because it's not a particular race or particular, I guess, ethnicity that's gone after in comparison to what we've seen this last year. But it's still a big part of the history, no matter what. And religion is how a lot of these a lot of these countries were formed. These regions were formed, and especially Jewish, who we saw what happened them with them in the the Holocaust, and they got wrongfully attacked. And just Sean Jackson with his stupidity, he said over the summer, saying it's a hoax and all that. It's, it's a hoax, it's but yeah, here's a, here's the thing: the first slaves in this world were Jews. Right. Okay, the Jewish people were the first slaves. Okay, they were. The Jews have been treated just as bad. As as African Americans over the years, okay, they have. And then how many times we've heard so many different things? Look what the Nazis did. Look mm-hmm. what they did to the Jewish people. Over four million. What is it? Two or four? Between two and four million people In were just murdered. Germany alone, and then there were other were countries murdered. too. Yeah, were absolutely murdered. Okay, and then you come out and you you take shots at another. Uh, culture when you think that you're the only culture that should be out there and, and not be attacked? Come on, guys. This is ridiculous. No culture, no person, no athlete should take a shot at any culture, any anti-Semitic attacks, none none whatsoever. And the fact is, is that you should stick to your sport and concentrate on what you're doing and playing your game than taking shots at a religion, taking shots at another person. It is disgraceful. And Julian Edelman has every right to reach out to Miles Leonard. I don't know what he could say. And I understand that he reached out to Deshaun Jackson and, and he, he gave Deshaun Jackson a little bit 
more background on, on his culture, and, and, and that's Judaism, but it's disgraceful. I believe, and, and, and I believe this very cold-heartedly, that Jews and African Americans are very alike. They are very alike. They both were slaves. Both of them. And, and, and everybody, and I believe that all our cultures should be sticking together. Every one of us should be sticking together, not attacking one another. All these disgusting names, and I'm not going to mention on live radio, the things that you call Jews, the things that you call uh, African Americans, the things that you call Italians, the things that you call Brazilians, Chinese. It's disgusting. It is disgusting. Yeah, just a couple of weeks ago with Jeremy Lin. That was disgraceful too, whoever was saying that towards him. I mean, the, to me, we, I, I, and anybody that knows about Boston Red Sox and, and, and over there in Fenway Park, yeah. a lot of oh athletes, God, that was awful. a lot of athletes have come out and said how racist Boston, the Boston, uh, the Boston fans, Fenway yeah. fans uh, have attacked um, different ethnic groups out there uh, in the audience. Tyree Kill got uh, victimized by it too, by Patriots fans. He, they were saying slurs at him too. I mean, it, it is, it's disgraceful. It is absolutely disgraceful, and Miles Leonard should not only be suspended, he should be fired. Mm-hmm. He should be fired. He should lose his job. Pat Riley should get rid of him. Is he that good of a player? And even if he was a good player, you want to set a statement? You want to put a statement out there to show your team and show the NBA what and, and, and professional sports who means business? If there's anybody that would, should do that and would do that, it's Pat Riley. Mm-hmm. And Pat Riley should do that. He should spend them without any pay and, and, and eventually fire him. I, I don't think he should do it. He doesn't deserve a job of this, uh, this magnitude. $10 million to sit on the bench when you're taking shots at other ethnic groups, other anti-Semitic, taking anti-Semitic terms and using it against other people that you're playing video games against? Are you kidding me? A video game. You're taking a shot out of a, a person that is Jewish? Disgusting. Probably a random person too. Disgusting. I mean, it's, it's it's disgraceful. Religion is part of the history too. This should never be engraved in your mind. To I'm stuttering because it that. just yeah, it makes me terrible. sick to my stomach. It's, it's awful. It, it's it, awful. It, it takes it it takes this to a whole nother level. It's, it makes me sick to my stomach. I'm disgusted. I don't know how the NBA and Adam Silver could let this go on. We how many times do we hear, we see black entertain uh, uh, Black Lives Matter. How many times we you put that on the court? I understood it. I I I back the NBA for what they did. Okay, I back them. I backed it. And why isn't the NBA speaking up for Jews? Mm-hmm. Adam Silver is Jewish. David Stern was Jewish. Half the executives in the NBA are Jewish. Why is this going on? Why isn't the NBA speaking up? To the Jewish culture now. This is disgusting. The the LeBron Jameses and, and the Kevin Durants and the Kyrie Irvins, all the stuff that they said, why aren't any of these guys speaking up? Same thing with the Asian American culture. Jeremy Lin, again. They got Another criticized. disgrace. Yeah. Right. Three weeks ago, uh, he, he gets called a virus just because of the country he's from. It's disgraceful. And the NBA really didn't do anything with that Nothing. Zip. Nothing. Nothing. Zilch. Absolutely zilch. This is the problem with the NBA. This is the problem with professional sports. When somebody speaks, a big name speaks like LeBron James, everybody listens. When LeBron James doesn't speak, nobody listens. It's disgraceful. This is a disgrace. And the fact that this guy has a job still is disgraceful. 
I am disgusted. The NBA should, uh, I don't know what the NBA, they should come out with a statement and do something. This is, I haven't heard anything from the NBA. Have you heard anything from the NBA? Nope. Nothing. Just suspend him indefinitely. It's ridiculous. I just, I don't understand it. Does it really matter what color you are? Does it really matter what religion you are? We're all the same. We're all built with the same fingers, the same arms, the same legs. I, I was born with six more toes on one foot. No, I'm just kidding. But, I, you know, we're all born the same. We all have brains. We all have hearts. And some people in professional sports really don't have a heart. Some people in this world really don't have a heart. And this is a disgrace to professional sports. From the Jeremy Lin statements to this statement by Miles Leonard. It is disgraceful. And I want to hear LeBron James use his platform and speak up upon it. Because I don't care if it's not your culture. I don't care if you don't think the same way as Miles Leonard. The fact is, you spoke high and wide when, uh, when everything was going on with Black Lives Matter. But you're not going to speak up for this. You're not going to speak up for this. Disgraceful. Absolutely disgraceful. LeBron James should bite his tongue on what he says to the analytics and analysts that he speaks to. Because to me, if you're not going to speak up and say how you feel when, you, when it's important, then you shouldn't be saying anything. Um, Je- Jeff says, we all are the same except for Speedy. He's definitely different. <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. Now I want to get into some NFL conversation. And there are stories coming out. And Speedy, we were talking about this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know everybody says we, we get into the Jets, but it's so interesting with this second pick. It really is. Because I don't know where Joe Douglas is going. I, I don't know if he's going to stick with Sam Donald. Some people are saying that he is going to be looking elsewhere uh, when it comes to the quarterback position. But there's nothing set in stone because, obviously, uh, the pro days are about to start. We're going to see there, there are a lot of different uh, prospects that are out there. There are quarterback prospects. There are wide receiver prospects and running back prospects. There's so many different prospects in this year's draft. But when we look at the Jets, the Jets are more than one quarterback away from being a Super Bowl contender. Okay? They are. There's nothing blind. There's no nobody's blinded to see what's going on with the New York Jets. So, if the Jets really believe that Sam Donald isn't the guy, they need to start thinking about making that move more sooner than later, because Carolina right now, the Bears, and and, and quite a few different teams, even the Broncos, mm-hmm. are looking for a quarterback. Even San Francisco, they are looking for a quarterback, a future quarterback for their organization. And Sam Donald, if he is not your guy and you believe that you can get a second and a fourth for him, move him. Move him. How could you sit tight and just do nothing about it? Nothing. I, I, I don't understand where the Jets are going with this. I don't understand where Joe Douglas is going. Now, I know Joe Douglas is sitting back and he's trying to figure out what he's going to do. He has not seen Zach Wilson's pro day. He has not seen Justin Fields' pro's day, pro day or Trey Lance or any of the other quarterbacks that are going to be available. Now, Carolina is looking for a quarterback. Carolina will do anything. If they can't get Deshaun Watson or they can't get Russell Wilson, they will do anything to move up to number two. They won't do anything. 
I could see Carolina giving up two or three first-round draft picks and maybe a second and a fourth mm-hmm. to move from eight to two to get a Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson that fits that offense like a glove. He does. I think Zach Wilson fits any offense like a glove. But for that particular offense, with uh, the arm strength that he has and the weapons that they have, the running game that they have, Zach Wilson would be perfect with Carolina. Mm-hmm. Now, thinking of that, why don't the Jets trade trade um, trade that second pick to number to the eighth pick? Get the eighth pick, stockpile on those draft picks, and if you have a chance for Deshaun Watson, you can use that draft stock and trade. For Deshaun Watson. Now, I know we've heard that um, the Texans want that the number two quarterback in this draft class. They want the number two guy. Okay? But if there's nobody available and nobody available to trade with them or there's not enough that any team is going to offer them that uh, remotely stands out, I think the Jets could offer him three or four first-round draft picks, a player on the team right now, and that would seal the deal. Yeah, the Jets we know have the most draft stock when it comes to this kind of trade. It's just a matter of what is gonna, the value going to be like going the other way. Like I said with Carolina, it depends on what they do in free agency. And so far, Shaq Thompson, Christian McCaffrey, like you mentioned, trimming the contracts will definitely help their chances. Whether they get the players or not is another question, but that'll definitely help their chances where the, they can afford to do something like that and make a big splash, whether it's for Watson or for for a quarterback like Wilson or Fields. Jeff, what's going on? I think that you're getting a little ahead of yourself because, you know, saying that they should trade Sam Darnold or trade back with that number two pick, both of those are pieces that could be going back to Houston if they're trying to get Deshaun Watson, who's still out there. So I think that you need to wait and see where Deshaun Watson goes before the Jets are going to make any moves. Uh, How about... We don't know if the Texans are going to move him, and and they might have him sit out for the season if he if they don't want to move him. They might play a possum with him. I, we've we've seen this before. We've seen teams do this, and they might play possum with Deshaun Watson. You, you I, we understand that you have a no trade clause, and and we want the most for you. And I believe they'll do anything. And you know the Patriot way. And we there's a the GM of the uh, of the Texan is from the Patriots organization. So the Patriots are, the the Patriots have known to try to. Uh, build up draft stock for a player. I could see I could see the Texans saying, you know what? We're not going to get what we want right now, so we're going to hold on to this piece and we're going to dangle him. And if he wants to sit out for the, the season, Texans we'll set, make him sit out. Better than, the Texans aren't going to get anything better than, you know, uh, Darnold and the number two pick and, you know, obviously some other picks probably, right? But, I mean, who's the, who's the next team that could, could give them something like the Miami. number two pick? Miami? Which is the number three pick, right. which is worse, mm-hmm. and Tua, which is probably worse than Darnold. I I think Tua is worse from, than Darnold, and I know you do because you're you're one of the guys that have come out and said that Tua will not be a good pro, and I was one of them too. I didn't think he was either. I said it long before the draft. Yes, she did, and I, I'll give you credit for that. You said that Tua wasn't going to be any good in the NFL because uh, his his game really predicated on Alabama's offense and the talent that he had around him, and you said that, and I agree with you, uh, and you were right about that. But to me, but until, but until the Deshaun Watson thing is settled, why would you be in a hurry to move pieces that you don't need to move right now? just for the sake of you knowing what the Jets would do. Because if you don't make those moves now and all those other teams fill in that quarterback spot, you have nowhere to send Sam Donald if you don't think Sam Donald is the quarterback of the future. 
you'll always have somewhere to send Sam Darnold because there's going to be teams even after the draft that will be looking for quarterback. I don't think anyone believes that you know in, in any of the top five quarterbacks are going to make it past you know 15, and the Bears still draft after that, and they need quarterback, and the Redskins still draft after that, and they need quarterback. You'll always have somewhere to send Sam Darnold. Now, I think the Redskins still believe that Alex Smith could still be, play the quarterback position. If Alex Smith does come back next year, which I believe he will, he's not even on their, uh, he's not even on their team. I know that, but I think I still think they're going to bring him back. I don't see why they wouldn't. Uh, I would bring him back even as a backup. He would be a good backup. Uh, you saw him come back. Well, and there would have been no. If that's the case, there would have been no reason to cut him. Well, they cut him because they're probably letting him go see what's out there for him. And if there's nothing out there for him, I could see them bring Alex Smith back. I, I don't see why they wouldn't. He played very well when he I mean, played. That would, that, would, that would fly in the face of the Alex Smith interview he did where he said Washington never wanted him to come back. Well, that that's fine. And, and we, we've seen this many, many times that players have said what they've said on live. Look at Jamal Adams, okay? How many times have we heard Jamal Adams say what he said? He doesn't want to play for a losing organization. He doesn't want to go somewhere where he's going to lose and, and not succeed. Well, he got traded to a losing organization, a winning organization that's going to go back to losing because Zach, uh, I mean, not Zach Wilson, Russell, Russell Wilson wants out. And if he, if he leaves. None of that matters. I, I, None of that. It matters. does. You'll always have a. You'll always have a place to send Sam Donald. You'll always. People are always looking for a quarterback. So you always. think. So you think if the Jets hold on to Sam Donald too long, they'd still have a place to send him, and they still get as many draft stock, uh, as much draft stock as they would get him if they traded him now. I mean, how many times has has uh, Josh Rosen been traded for a second round pick? That's pretty much the baseline. And if you're happy with a second round pick. That's good enough, man. Josh Rosen was traded for a second and a fourth. He was traded for a second and a fourth. Well, fine, then a second and a fourth. You know, so, I mean, there's that. And how how many times was he traded for that? I think he was traded... I think it was traded twice. It was twice. The first time, I think, it was a second and a fourth. And then the Dolphins traded back with the Saints or something to get extra picks. And I think it was a second and two fifths when they got him from the Cardinals. I, I, I just. Think everyone believes that Sam has a probably at this point a better future than Josh Rosen. Definitely. Whether you think Josh Rosen was treated fairly or not, it doesn't matter. I think people look at Sam Darnold. Uh, better than Josh Rosen, so it's not really going to matter. You're always going to have a place to send him. I just, I'm worried because when you look at the Jets right now and you you see the position that they're in, they're in probably the best position out of any team right now in the NFL. They really are because they could trade down and and build their draft, even the draft capital than they are right now, or they can keep Sam Darnold and keep that second pick and maybe build around Sam Donald, bring in an offensive lineman over there, and or a wide receiver, or trade a you know a couple of pays, uh, tra- trade a couple of spots down, and, and add the wide receiver that you need to help Sam Donald. They could do so many different things, and we we all know that the draft starts at the Jets because we know Trevor Lawrence is going on. You know the other the other thing to keep in mind why I don't think that you should be in a hurry to either trade the second pick or trade Sam Donald or, or do whatever. Free agency hasn't even started, so you really don't even know what the Jets need and what they don't need right now because until they start plugging holes with free agents and they have a ton of money to do that, you don't even know what the team needs. No. And we, 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 we do need the, – the Jets do need an edge rusher. That's, that's definitely true. They need a veteran corner to help out uh, right, over there. 
right, but if they right, but if they fill some of these slots in free agency, like if they go and get a pass rusher, you no longer need a pass rusher. Well, if you if you they, haven't if read, they go and get a quarterback. If they if they you know like not that they would, but if they went and signed Mitch Trubisky and said, oh, he's our quarterback now, well then you know you're not drafting quarterback probably. Well, here's the right? thing: if Let you then plug the holes in free agency to see what see what could be there or what their plan could be. Jeff, have you heard what Joe Douglas has come out and said? That he wants to build, he wants to build his team through the draft. He is not going to over exhaust uh, the the spending spree that every Jet fan wants him to do. He's not doing that this year. He's not. He's going to bring in maybe maybe two or three free agents. He's not going to over overpay them. And and you saw the NFL came out today that the uh, the salary cap is actually down eight percent. So uh, they're not going to have as much money to work with as they thought they were. So, I mean, with the COVID-19 situation. So, to me, when you look at the big picture right now, the Jets are not going to build around free agency, and, and, and as well as they shouldn't. No team has ever become successful as a Super Bowl champion and Super Bowl contender building around free agency. They build around the draft. I certainly think they're, they're going to build that offensive line through free agency. If you, like, I mean, I, I would. it would be my guess. I mean, I, no one really knows for sure, but... It would be my guess they're going to go after Joe Tooney, who doesn't look like he's going back to New England. Mm-hmm. It would be, you know, be my guess that they're going to find another offensive line. And if they get two veterans like that that are solid veterans to play offensive, well, then you've just built your offensive line. Well, if they can get Tooney, but there's a lot of people that are going to be interested in Tooney. It's not just going to be the Jets. Especially with Scherf now franchise tag because he was Jacksonville. Guard, yeah. Jacksonville will definitely look at Tooney. They have a lot of money to spend uh, with Trevor Lawrence. They I want to protect their franchise. There's not as many teams as you think that are going to be interested in the Bengals because there's only mm-hmm. there's only like six teams that have salary cap space. Look at what the look at what the Saints are doing today. You no, know, they 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 cut Quan Alexander and uh, Emmanuel Sanders and one other dude, and they're still thirty million over the cap. There's no way they're going to you know cut half of their franchise just to bring in Joe Tooney. Well, like, the Saints don't need the, him. The they don't need offensive I understand that, but I'm just saying most franchises are in that position where they're, you know, cutting salary, not trying to take it on. The Jets are one of the few franchises that can take on salary, so they're probably, you know, you mentioned the Jaguars, they have some room too. Those are probably the two. One of those two spots is probably where Joe Tooney's going to end. Bengals. Well, Jacksonville doesn't really know an offensive line either. They need a lot on defense. The Bengals in Miami too. But all four of those teams are looking for offensive line help, and all four of them have Miami the money to make that move. For, Miami's out. They just traded for Isaiah Wilson. Yeah, that doesn't mean that. Isaiah Wilson, is he a starter, though, type, though? Just because yeah, he was a first-round pick? That doesn't mean that they're not going to go after him. I, I do believe that they'll go after Tooney. Uh-huh. I, and I, I don't think the Jets are going to overpay for Tooney either. I, I, we've seen Joe Douglas. He is not going to overpay. He's going, he's going to give you top-heavy money in the beginning of the contract, and it, it, he could be able to buy you out or release you the second or third year. I could see him doing that with Tooney if, if they do bring Tooney in. Maybe give him a four-year deal, where uh, a two-year option, where he, they can actually walk away from that contract. I, I could see Joe Douglas doing that. You can't? Jeff, are no, you... I mean, yeah, no, it's entirely possible that that could happen, right? But they have, they're one of the teams with, you know, one of the five teams with the most money, so, you know, they're really sitting in a good spot where they can get some deals on players and, and really build their team, like, 
Dude, John Brown got released today. You wouldn't like to see John Brown on the other side of Denzel Mims? <laughs> I, listen, I, I think the Jets need a lot of wide receiving help. I mean, it, Jamison Crowder and Denzel Mims are not enough. The Jets need, I think they need two more weapons. I really do. I think they need a number one guy, and I would say they need a number three guy. And I'm not talking about James. Jamison Crowder's a slot guy. So if you want to call him a number three guy, that's fine. I, I call him a slot guy, and you need three guys besides a slot guy. I, I think you need four quality wide receivers to succeed, especially with the injury injuries that you're going to have to uh, deal with in the middle of the season with one of these guys or two of these guys. Right, but, they could, but they could go and, and pay Tooney, just throwing names out there, not that these would be their targets, but they could go and pay Tooney and uh, Emmanuel Sanders and John Brown – and then what would they really need? A pass rusher? Big deal. They can, you know, they can... Big they can deal? They haven't had a pass rusher. That's their bigger Jeff, need more than the Jeff, receivers. They haven't had a pass rusher since John Abraham. They haven't had anybody. There's a bunch of dudes out there right now. Carlos Dunlap is out there. They could easily go and get Carlos Dunlap, too. Uh, well, the Jets should try maybe to go for two. One young guy, like a Hendrickson or a Carl Lawson or somebody like that, or Judon, and then one veteran guy like that, because they need a lot of the edge rushing help, even more than the receivers. I mean, there's plenty of ways that they could go. Like, this team could get really quick, good really quick, just because of the position that they're in with their salary cap space. And so many other teams cutting so many quality players because of the salary cap situation. I think that when you see this offseason and you're looking at the Jets, and not only the Jets, there are some other teams. The Patriots are going to have money to spend. I mean, the Patriots right now have the sixth or seventh most money but in no free one agency. Gives a shit about the Patriots and their money to spend, unless they figure out quarterback, no one gives a shit. Well, they're gonna they're gonna figure it out. I, I think the Patriots are gonna figure out the quarterback uh, situation. I if they don't get somebody in free agency, they're going to get somebody in the draft. And I, I think, like you were saying, Trey Lance will be there um, in position to draft. Maybe. He will be. Maybe. I don't think I don't think he's drafting no. in the top ten. I, I don't. I mean, you really don't know, though, right? I can't see Carolina drafting him, even if he's there. I, I don't. He doesn't fit the Carolina offense that they're looking for. Trey Lance is a guy that you're going to have to have either sit out, which I think the Patriots will. They'll let, they'll make him sit for a year or sit for half a season so he learns the offense, and then they're going to put him in. And if they're somewhere in the playoff scheme of things, they'll bring him in sometime in the middle of the season. I, you're not going to see Bill Belichick start a rookie. He doesn't do that. He never does that. So, and we saw that over the years with the Patriots. When was the last time he started a rookie? He never did. So, and that's yeah. why. And, and, I, mean, and, I can't remember if Matt Castle was a rookie. No, he wasn't a rookie. No, he, was he wasn't. No, I think he was third year. He wasn't a rookie. No, and he doesn't start. He doesn't but start. Rookie. But that was out of emergency more than anything else. It's not like they wanted to deliberately but, start Castle but, either. But they've, been, they've been incredibly lucky in the in in that department for twenty years. They've been incredibly, incredibly lucky, and that's fortunate for them. But they have to figure that out before they do anything. So don't even mention them. Mm, well, I'm frustrated, Errol. Don't I know. It to me. I know. I know you're. I know you're pissed off, and I. I, I think the a lot of thing Cam Newton led the league in last year was fancy hat. <laughs> 
I think there'll be quarterbacks available. I, Teddy Bridgewater, I think, will be available for the Patriots if they're interested in bringing a quarterback of that magnitude. I think Teddy Bridgewater would fit very, very well uh, with the Patriots and the way they run their offense. I, I think that. Mitchell Trubisky, we talked about this. Mitchell Trubisky might be available. He's something and somebody that I think uh, Bill Belichick can fix and figure him out. I think he would fit like a glove, especially in that offense where he likes to use uh, the running backs I mean, as wide receivers. The dream for me really is to get Sam Darnold so he can torture the Jets for the next <laughs> Well, it won't be from the Jets. I know the Patriots That's reached the out. I know the Patri- Patriots reached out to Joe Douglas. And Joe Douglas, you've seen, we've seen it already. Joe Douglas has already made moves with Bill Belichick. We've seen it in the draft, which I was very surprised. Yeah. Trading from three for two, for the third pick uh, that they got from Seattle for, for two fourth rounds. And, and, I mean, and, and it I worked. Mean, New England really does have New England really does have a good track record of taking players from the Jets and making them just dominant. They, he's, they've done very well with it, yes. And, and don't don't remind me. Thank you. I'm taking a coach. Well, don't remind me on that, okay? I I don't need... That's why I want... To... That's why I want Darnold. You guys are like our farm system. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't think Darnold is going to the Patriots, but I, I think there there's opportunity where there's uh, quite a few teams that will be interested um, in Darnold, like we were talking about. But I think the Patriots, they're going to have a lot of players to pick from to be their starting quarterback next year. I, like I said, Mitchell Chapitsky, uh, uh, Teddy not Bridgewater. Really anyone of quality. Oh, what, what? You don't think Teddy Bridgewater's quality? He's a good player. You don't think he's good? No, dude. I think Teddy Bridgewater, if you put the right players around Teddy Bridgewater, he can succeed. He can. You saw it in the beginning of the season with Carolina. He succeeded. Um, listen, dude, I, I don't want him anywhere near my team. I would rather, I, I don't want Teddy Bridgewater or you mentioned Alex Smith or any of those guys. I would much rather have a quarterback built out of all of their spare body parts that haven't been injured yet. So what you're telling me right now, when uh, sitting here today as a Patriot fan, you don't want Teddy Bridgewater. You don't want Mitchell Trubisky. No. You don't want any of those uh, guys. I would, I would take I would take Trubisky. Would what take what Trubisky. what makes you want Mitchell Trubisky over Teddy Bridgewater? Uh, well, he's more mobile, less injury prone. Uh, you, you know, mm. one thing the Patriots value more than anything is not turning the ball over. And while Trubisky wasn't like prolific in throwing it down the field, he also really didn't turn the ball over, which she, would fit the mold. Which he does, but he has throughout his career though, too. <laughs> Yeah, he's kind of, he did early, but he kind of got that under control. Here, here's the thing, and and, and you say Mitchell Chabitsky and and all that other stuff. If you look at Mitchell Chabitsky, and I, I I actually like Mitch, I, I do. I think if he goes to the right team, he will fit. And I think the Patriots are a team that absolutely would fit with Mitchell Chabitsky because of the the style of game and and what we all know. Josh McDaniel likes to run. We we all know that. I I don't know if. You look at Bill Belichick after what we've seen with Cam Newton taking somebody sloppy seconds. I don't know if uh, Bill Belichick's going to do that. I could see him bring Jacoby Brissett as his starting quarterback in the beginning of the season, draft Trey Lance or move up and try to get Trey Lance, have Trey Lance sit on, sit on the bench for half the season. If, if, if somehow Jacoby Brissett wins half or, or a quarter of the games early in the season, then you bring in Trey Lance six or seven games in and try to make the playoffs and maybe make a run. That's been Brissett's track record, too, with both the Patriots and with the Colts. He's been a quote-unquote winner, but not really the glamorousest statistical guys. So depending on how well Lance I mean, develops, that means, that's a big difference. 
I mean, that being said, we're all predicting the Patriots are going to try to draft a quarterback or whatever. And, you know, Belichick, he goes against the grain, so I guess we're going to draft Greg Russo or something. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Even that might be too flashy for the Patriots because a lot of analysts like him. Well, I I wouldn't be surprised if they go after Jones. I, I mean, he's from Alabama. He comes from the Nick Saban pool. And you know that he likes to draft guys from Alabama. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if Mac Jones could be a Patriot. And he's very accurate. I mean, he's one of the most on, accurate let's, quarterbacks let's in the class. Let's be real, though. The whole league, like, let's be real, though. The whole league likes to draft people from Alabama. And most of the Patriots picks, I think, are def- defensive players anyway. <laughs> it's tough to judge offense. Yeah, well, yeah, and, like, and Damian Harris, I should find say. Out, I mean, like, if you want to know who the Patriots are going to draft, just find out who, like, the tight end from Rutgers is or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's true. Their first draft pick last year, he was, what was he, a D2 player, the Dogger, or FCS? <laughs> no, 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 yeah, D2. Uh, D2, okay. Uh, yeah, he uh, Lenore Ryan. Yeah, so, I know. Some, like, I remember that it was some school in Arkansas. I never heard of them. Like that was the first draft pick they had. But he was climbing up draft board because of his, his combine. Okay. I think it was Arkansas. But yeah, I think he was climbing up no, draft it's, board. It's, Go ahead, Jeff. It, Lenore Ryan's North Carolina. Okay. So he was climbing up draft boards because of the combine, which also is not like Belichick either, because Belichick came out and said it doesn't really matter as much. But I will say this, he Jeff. Loves the, he actually loves the combine. He's a big three-cone guy, and if you go back and remember, Josh Duggar was a standout during the Senior Bowl, and he loves right. the Senior Bowl. I will say this. Anthony LaRocca is actually speaking out to you right over here. He says, Jeff, on the line, blast from the past. Tell him the Bruins suck for me. That's for all the trash he spoke about the Islanders. He wanted me to tell you that. So there you go. Dude, the Islanders still suck. I don't like. Listen, oh, stop, Jeff. Jeff, on, you know that's not true. You, listen, you, you and I talked about mm-hmm. this, right? Mm-hmm. The, the Islanders have had the Bruins number. I don't know why, because the Islanders aren't very good. They lose to everybody else. But what is Anthony even talking about, dude? What have what has what has the Islanders won or done in the last hundred years? <laughs> I'm an Islander fan, and and right now the Islanders are playing good hockey. They're in first place. All right, so you can't say they stink. They're the they're the best team in the division, a division that a lot of people Islanders thought. A lot of people thought that was one of the hardest divisions uh, put together by Gary Bettman and his eager really executives. What was that? It really is turning out to be the best division. A really good team is going to miss the playoffs in that division, right? <laughs> but it's just the fact that, like, an Islanders fan talking shit is like Speedy telling you how much he can bench press. <laughs> You got no business saying anything. Oh, well, I'll I'll read off. Anthony Rocca says, Trubisky sucks, like uh, his boy Rask. Rask is way better at his sport than Trubisky is at his. Um, (laughs) Just just so he knows, Rask has has his name on the Stanley Cup, so I don't know what he's talking about. And I think one of the top five save percentages of all time or something like that. Uh, right, this is this is what you're dealing with, stupidity uh-huh. like that. That's uh, how stupid some of your listeners are. Uh, Get in the beach and get together and swap ideas. <laughs> uh, Anthony says, conference finals last season, go make a ham and cheese sandwich and conference talk about something season? you know about. <laughs> conference, fi- conference finals last season, what is he turning into the Indianapolis Colts? We're the 2019 finalists. <laughs> Is, is that the banner you're going to hang up, Anthony? Uh, is that the banner you want to put up? Your team is now exactly like the Colts. That's your banner moment. Oh, yeah. stop. You, you know they're a good team, and you can't you can't deny that they're not, first of all. 
But I don't want to get – we're not talking about hockey. We're, we're talking about the NFL. What do you think about Buffalo? I think uh, you look at Buffalo. Buffalo is on the cusp of being a very good team. And Josh Allen really didn't show up in the AFC title game. I, and I, to me, it was shameful for what he did at the end of the game. I, I thought it was disgraceful what he did. But nevertheless, Josh Allen has a sensational year. I think you could put Josh Allen in the elite uh, yep. conversation. He is an elite quarterback. What what do you see the Buffalo Bills doing uh, now in the offseason that can make them a better team? Uh, I think what they're going to try to do, and I'll even give you the guy, I think they're going to try to go after John o. Smith and upgrade a tight end mm-hmm. because Tyler Croft and um, Dawson Knox are just not cutting it there. And if they had another option, I think that that would help at tight end. And I think that's where they would upgrade you. They're, they're full of receivers. That Isaiah McKenzie and uh, Dylan Gabriel – the kids out of you. Gabriel now, Davis. Now obviously, they have D- Gabriel Davis. Sorry. Um, Dylan Gabriel's a quarterback. I'm so dumb. Um, <laughs> no, you're not. Well, sometimes yeah, you are. But. The, uh, yeah, I mean, they have enough at wide receiver. You know, mm-hmm. Gabriel Davis, Isaiah McKenzie, Diggs, Beasley's still there. Tight end is where they need the upgrade. Now, what team? So I, would, I, would, I would think that would be where John Smith ends up. Plus, he's a very good run blocker, too. Mm. which would help them because their run game was awful last year. Yeah. Now, what team do you believe is going to make the most moves this offseason that can really put them um, on the top of, uh, you know, when, when you look at where some of these teams didn't even make the playoffs, nobody, is there a team that stands out to you making all the moves that they need to make this offseason that can make them a playoff contender? For me? Yeah, well, well, who do you think? I mean, this sounds wild, but if they were to pull it off and get Deshaun Watson or figure out quarterback somehow and just get just get a wide receiver, Miami's not very far away from being really, really good. Like, really good. That so defense you, was certainly really solid last year, and if they can get someone capable of throwing the football, not Tua, <laughs> and, and just a receiver to play opposite of Devontae Parker, and I mm-hmm. think it'd be in business. Uh, I would agree with you. I think Miami, they have one of the best young coaches in the league. I think Brian Flores, to me, was the coach of the year last year. I think in the second half, really the last four or five games, really cost him from winning that uh, coach of the year. Uh, Well-deserved by the Browns head coach. But uh, I, I will say this. I think the Browns are going to be a lot better this coming this coming year. I really do. I, I'm, not, I'm not a Baker fan. I'm not going to bet my... My money in my pocket that Baker Mayfield is going to be an elite quarterback. I don't think he's an elite, but I think they have elite players and they have an elite running game. And when you have that kind of running game, you can dominate. And I think they're maybe two or three pieces away. And did you hear mm-hmm. what Tom Brady said the other day that he wants to he wants the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to go after Odell Beckham? I don't know if that's possible. Could you imagine Odell Beckham and Evans on one side, that's on both sides? Have, that's not Could happen. you imagine? This that? is a just franchise tagged Godwin. <laughs> Oh, I, I understand. They already have too many guys. You know, but they have young budding stars here in Tampa. You know, Tyler Johnson's an up-and-coming guy. Scotty mm-hmm. Miller's an up-and-coming guy. And then you obviously have uh, Godwin and Evans there. And O.J. Howard will be back at tight end. You know, so, I mean, they, they don't need Odell Beckham. That's ridiculous. Uh, C.J. Desimone says Miami is not moving on from Tua. Not happening. What do you think about that? I mean, dude. 
he runs a podcast for fans of the team that made Fireman Ed quit. <laughs> you're so, I mean, could you stop? Could you could you stop it? I mean, seriously. <laughs> He's telling listen, Tua had the number one jersey sale in the NFL last year. Number one. And the fans love him. The, the Miami the Miami fans love him. They do. They love him. They loved we, him before he was drafted. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not a big fan of Tua. I, I think there's a lot of people not a big fan of Tua. The only person that was really a fan of him was Mark Kelly and Ryan. Th- those were the only two guys that I remember. You weren't a big fan of him. I didn't say you. No. God, no. No. I, I didn't think no, that he's, you. He's, he's Hawaiian Tim Tebow. <laughs> I know a lot of people have, have said that about him. That they, they think he's another Tim Tebow. That he's... He, he he's wanna, predicated on the team and the around. offense. I just want to circle back around and, and just clarify something. Mm-hmm. Right? I, I I did enjoy shitting on CJ, but I actually enjoy CJ's show, and he's a good dude. So I just wanted to say that. No, and CJ is, and he's he's got a he's got a pretty good show. Uh, so I, I do like shitting on him and the rest of the Jets fans. <laughs> well, well, you know when the I I think that this off season is going to be very interesting. Even Cincinnati, I, I think Cincinnati can make a. A significant amount of moves. They have a lot of. Uh, they have draft stock and they have money. I think I, I, Cincinnati needs an offensive lineman. They they need somebody that's going to protect Joe Burrow. They need both scrimmage, O line and pass rush badly. Yeah, but uh, but they always find Cincinnati always finds a pass rush. They do. They never. They never. Besides uh, Whit- Whitmore, uh, Whitmore, he was the last good offensive lineman they've had. They they've never found a really good. Offensive line. That's been their problem for years. For recently, it's weird because they historically have drafted them very well, but all of a sudden they're having a lot of trouble uh, getting them both on interior and uh, and the outside. Marvin Lewis, who was good at finding them, and their, even their previous ownership was good at finding them. It's just weird, but they may, they might have a chance to get Panay Sewell if the Jets don't take him or the Dolphins don't take him. The Jets him. aren't taking him. And I don't think so either, or yeah, even Marvin a, a team trade. so good at God. You're right, Speedy. Marvin Lewis was so good at finding talent that they couldn't even win a playoff game. <laughs> he was good at finding talent. I didn't say he was a great on-field head hold coach. On, hold on, <laughs> hold on one second, Jeff. If you look at if you look at the last 35, 40 years, the Cincinnati Bengals have the more players in the NFL right now still playing than any team in football. And they never had a natural GM okay, for, I think, so. the last 20 years or something, which means Marvin Lewis is the one scouting it out. Granted, they've had a lot of wacky first-round picks that, yeah, maybe those... Uh, those have held them back, but they've been, he's been good at finding day two, day three draft picks. I, there's a big difference between that and what he did as an on-field head coach. Yeah, he could have been better with that with, with a lot of the talent that they had, but he, I always said like he should, take, he should have been fired as a coach and maybe take over as a GM or something like that. Right. You can, so here's the thing, Al. You can say anything that you want about, oh, there's more Bengals in the league than anything else, but mm-hmm. just keep this in mind. Mm-hmm. Text message in case, the last time the, the Bengals won a playoff game was 1996. Cellular no, it was 91, even further back than that. Well, well, cellular phones didn't even have uh, text capability until 1997. So do you, mean, do, you, do you know that means that no one has ever sent a text message that said, oh, the Bengals won a playoff game? <laughs> I, I hated a lot of people taking shots at Andy Dalton because Andy Dalton – Numbers show you that he was a good quarterback in this league. He was a good quarterback in this league. It's just a shame that he couldn't get over the hump in the playoffs. He he never could. He wasn't a good playoff quarterback. Either was Tony Romo. But Tony Romo's numbers were very, very good in the regular season. I think Andy Dalton was a, a very good quarterback. At one point, a, two, a, a tier two type of quarterback. 
And his numbers were good. But I hear the Cowboy fans taking shots at Andy Dalton because he came into a team where, let's be honest, the offensive line is old. Their running game stinks because of Mike McCarthy. And uh, they're depending too much on their wide receivers now. And they don't really have that many weapons defensively either. Cincinnati's best chance to win the playoff game was the, the last one they played in uh, in 2015 with A.J. McCarron starting at quarterback. And then uh, Vontaz Burfick, Pac-Man Jones, and Jeremy yes, Hill decided to be dumbasses. I remember that against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think Cincinnati will probably win a playoff game before the Dallas Cowboys do. <laughs> I can believe that. <laughs> I don't know. I, I know a lot of people take shots at Dallas, but I, I think uh, Jerry Jones won't let that happen. I, I think... Uh, Speedy, what's their helmet? One star. Well, it's a rating. One, it's, not, it's, not a, it's not a logo. It's a rating. One star. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. Cincinnati, uh, I think they, they have a lot to do. Arizona's the team. Arizona's the team this offseason. I, I expect them to make some significant moves. They already made one with J.J. Watt. I think they need to add maybe two or three more pieces, and they're going to be a Super Bowl contender. They're going to be a very dangerous team. If Kyler Murray can stay healthy, they're going to be dangerous. Arizona's another team where, like, they're really just kind of like a, a good receiver opposite of DeAndre Hopkins yep. being really dangerous. Secondary depth of line, and then I think that's really it for them. You know, they've improved every year. So, you know, I realize people take shots at Cliff Kingsbury, but he took over a one-win football team and then got them to four wins, and then last year, I think, seven wins? They were they were eight and eight, but the, again they started six and three and collapsed. That's really more of the knock on Cliff Kingsbury. Right, not that it, not that he's a terrible coach. Like I think he's kind of like an average above, slightly above average coach. But it, that's yeah, really the that's knock. Fine, but he's getting that team to he's getting that team to improve every year. Listen, every year the Jets are a two win team, and every year Errol goes, "Oh, they're going to be a seven win team next year." Oh my God, are you, are you attacking the Jets again? I I, I no, speak. Just, I take shots at the Jets all the time, and I'm a Jet fan. I'm a real Jet fan. No. I am a real. No, I'm just saying people need to recognize that, that Cliff Kingsbury has made great strides with them in the two years that he's. Played. I never said that he didn't. I never said he didn't. I, I, I look at Kyler Murray. I, I love Kyler Murray. He's one of my favorite players now. I love the fact that the guy is as small as he is, and it's amazing how he can see over that offensive line and make the plays that he makes. It's, it's sensational. It really is. And he's one of the fastest players I've ever seen. He, he really is. Uh, he's like a little ant, and he hides behind things. It's unbelievable how fast the guy is. CJ, C, CJ just responded to you, Jeff. Wait till I get your happy ass back on my show. <laughs> I mean, I've been I've been saving them up. I've been saving up all the cried the Jets cracks. You know. Well, I we all know that you're a Patriot fan, and you can't stand the New York Jets. I didn't come on here and say the Patriots are any good. I'm actually depressed on how bleak it looks for them right now. I don't think it looks as bleak as you think it does. I, I think they're going to make no, a move. I, I think they're still a decent football team, but without a quarterback, you're really not going anywhere. That's true, and I think uh, I they don't bring, see they bring Cam Newton back. It's the end of them. They're you know, not Cam bringing Cam Newton back. Cam Newton's going to the Buffalo as a backup. Cam Newton was the only quarterback. You realize Cam Newton was the only quarterback in the league last year not to have a multiple touchdown passing game. Mm, I think he went what seven games without a touchdown pass too at one point. No, yeah, I mean he sprinkled them in there, but you realize, and the Patriots only had two games where they had multiple touchdown passes, and the other time, dude, the best passes all year came from Jacoby Myers, their third string wide receiver. I know you keep bringing that up. <laughs> well, they do have a history of wide receivers throwing t- throwing touchdowns when it matters. Oh, well, but that was like when that was when the Patriots had a quarterback that could throw. Like this dude just leads the league in fancy hats and 
dumb language. Uh, Jeff, uh, CJ says, Jeff sounds like a spoiled Pats fan who still butt hurts uh, that Brady left. There he goes. Are you um, was I butt hurt? Was I hurt at all that, that, that Brady left? No, you weren't. I, I don't. Uh, you said that uh, they need to start over and they need to have a new beginning. And I remember you said, saying that. You didn't. And, I'm, 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 and me, who always takes shots at you, I, I'm actually sticking up for you. I agree with you. I'm, I, I'm a realist when it comes to that team. I wasn't hurt when he left, and I'm just saying the Patriots have a crappy quarterback. What does that put me in the same category as? The Jets, and that hurts. <laughs> well, the Jets are in a good position. I think the Jets are in a better position than the Patriots are right now. Uh, but I, 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 The Patriots have just as much as cap room. They still have I'm not saying that. The Jets have they more have stock. The coach in the league. No, they do. Bill Belichick is the best coach in the league. And I loved when Mark Kelly came out and said that. It was very interesting when he came out and said that. And not, uh, and not for nothing, you got to see the, the, the display of Belichick's genius on display yesterday. What did he do yesterday? Mm-hmm. He traded a fifth-round pick for Trent Brown because we know we're going to lose Tooney. And he's going to move Isaiah Wynn from left tackle to left guard to fill that spot. And Trent Brown, who's a dominant left tackle, will be coming back to New England. And they what didn't, a brilliant move. Didn't they restructure his contract, too? Yeah, and lowered his number. Yeah, because that contract was terrible with the Raiders. I remember that. Well, uh, Trent yeah, Brown, it came from the organization. Got, got paid early. Well, the Patriots are going to have a very strong offensive line. They just need a quarterback that can throw the ball. And that's why I think Teddy Bridgewater would be, uh, I think, a good fit. I think he'd be a great fit for the Patriots. I really do. But you don't like it. No. You don't like it. No. And You'd rather Mitch. Mitch, the, well, they call him Mitch the bitch. I'd rather, <laughs> I'll tell you what, the guy that's out there that they could maybe get, maybe get that I would prefer over everybody, Who? would be Marcus Mariota. Hmm. Marcus Mariota is somebody uh, that stands out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think Marcus, I'm, I was never a Marcus Mariota fan. I, I was never a Jameis Winston fan. And I'm a Florida State fan. So I think that quarterback class I mean, was but horrendous. He, but the early Marcus Mariota didn't have anyone to throw to. I mean, there right. a bunch of schlubs like CJ out there trying to catch passes. <laughs> yeah, his best season, I think, was 2016. And uh, do we even remember, like, their best receiver was, what, Rashard Matthews on that team? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Corey Davis. I don't know. No, Corey Davis wasn't there yet. He was 2017. 2016 was they, no, they almost made the playoffs that year, but that was his best statistical season. Corey Davis was drafted the next year. That was the year they made the playoffs, but he kind of regressed his uh, talent wise that year. Jeff, I have a question to ask you. And and Carl Falk says, uh, Wilson to the Bears. Does Russell Wilson make the Bears a Super Bowl contender? Absolutely. Really? That team has an unreal defense. Let's be honest. They might, like, they, the Bears' defense didn't get any help from the offense. They were constantly on the field, constantly tired, because Trubisky and Foles combined couldn't move the football. There were pieces there where oh, they put the franchise tag on Allen Robinson, but before they did that, he was widely considered the best free agent or maybe the second-best possible free agent after Godwin, maybe. Can, you know, depending on who you prefer. So they have weapons there that they could use. I think Montgomery's a good running back. And if they could just get a quarterback, that would solve a lot of their problems. A lot of their problems. People forget, what were they, 5-0, and 6-0 and to start last five, year? They were 5-0, five and, five and oh, or 5-1. and one. They, they beat the Buccaneers, and then they went on a bad losing streak, I think, after a bye week or something like that. But the offensive line is terrible, Jeff. This, this, is, this offensive line is just as bad or maybe bad. even worse than Seattle's. 
you go, listen, listen, you couldn't get a worse offensive line than what Seattle was playing with. You really couldn't. And, I mean, Russell Wilson did really good things with that team. So I think that if you could get put Russell Wilson on the Bears, I mean, that would get them damn near, damn near the top of that division. But also, the other factor is, would they have to trade defensive pieces in order to do that, to make a trade for a quarterback as top-end as Wilson is, though, too? Because Seattle's going to ask for a lot on defense. Well, see, here's the other thing, Speedy. The other day, you called the Bears stingy. The Bears are not stingy. No, I called called their GM dumb. (laughs) Right, but but they're willing to pay for things. They are willing to pay. They paid a boatload to move up one pick to, to, to get Trubisky, and they paid a boatload of picks to go and get Khalil Mack. Right. They're, they're, they're one of those teams that they're not afraid to ship out quality assets to get something back that they believe is really going to be good for them. All I'm saying is they might, because Seattle needs so much on defense, they might have a lot of their core defensive pieces as starting points for the Seahawks in that trade because Seattle's going to ask for a lot for Wilson no matter where they end up going. And trade-wise, because they need so much on defense, Chicago might be that fit, whether it's somebody in their secondary like Kyle Fuller or Eddie Jackson, somebody like Roquan Smith. I don't think they really need a linebacker Chicago, so much. But... Chicago's defense is so good, though. They could really afford to ship Khalil Mack back in that trade, though. Really hmm, that's interesting. Hold on one second. So you're you're dude, dude Roquan Smith. Roquan Smith is still there playing great defense, and they're going so, to have pay him in another. So you're year. telling me you think that the Chicago Bears would trade Khalil Mack again? I'm, dude, he's eating up a ton of salary cap room. They're going to have to find a way to keep Allen Robinson happy past this year. Getting rid of his contract would free up the money to do that. I, I can't see them doing that. He's the leader of that defense. He's the no. best defensive player on that team. He is. So why would you he trade the best is, defense? Unless Roquan you, Smith, Roquan Smith is no slouch in the rest of that. Nobody said that he was. Very, very good, very good defense. I just, I still just feel that they're in a division right now that is is dominated by the Green Bay Packers, and you, I do believe that Minnesota will figure things out. I, I am very surprised. The last two seasons, Minnesota has just really not shown up. They really haven't. Well, Minnesota is always streaky year to year. You think they're they done? Stink. As long as Kirk Cousins there, they're always going to collapse like their old dome did. Well, Cousins wasn't the problem; it was the defense last year that hurt them. They were better in the second Cousins half, but there were a lot of they lost the a lot same, of players. The same Anthony Barr you were making fun of the Jets not getting. He he was terrible. Last he was hurt year. last year. It doesn't matter. He was terrible. No, I just thought it was funny that he would sign. He would commit to signing with them and go, "Oh, the Jets, no way!" And then change his mind and go back to that dumpster fire. <laughs> Carl uh, Carl says trade Robert Quinn, Eddie Goldman, and two number ones for Wilson. That's it's not going to get it done, Carl. Robert Quinn's an older pass rusher. He's 32 or something like that now. Eddie Goldman, the Seattle doesn't really need interior defensive line. That's not a big uh, issue for them on defense. They need more secondary help. And two number ones, I think you'll need more than more than that to get it done. I think Seattle is most likely, if they're going to trade for any of that defensive core, is going to push for Fuller the most, I would imagine. And they don't have any picks because they gave it up to right. the Jets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they gave away their two first-round draft picks for the next two years. Yeah, but it doesn't need to be right now. They could give up future firsts or whatever. That always happens. Mm. Not, not everyone gives up draft picks in this year's draft. Mm-hmm. There's always capital going forward. I, yeah. That's why I'm thrown off with, with this whole Russell Wilson thing. I don't think Russell Wilson's getting traded. I don't. I don't think he's leaving Seattle. Uh, Seattle, they would have to get a boatload back for Russell Wilson. I don't care how old he is, I mean, 32, 33. He's still in the prime of his career. I think Russell Wilson could play another seven years. 
with his arm strength. Well, let me ask you, just just hypothetically, right? And I don't want to disparage Russell Wilson at all, right? Mm-hmm. But how hard is it throwing to Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf? They could get rid of him, shed some salary, and get another competent guy. Dare I say someone like, and I know you're going to hate this, but like Ryan Fitzpatrick. And I think they'd be just as good with more salary cap room. But let's not forget, too, he also played the first six years of his career with scrap heap wide receivers before that and still put up great numbers for the most part with Doug Baldwin and Ricardo Lockett and guys like that. (laughs) Anthony LaRocca says, Anthony LaRocca says, there's a... There's a bigger chance. <laughs> there's a bigger chance of John Filkowski being the quarterback of the Patriots next season than Russell Wilson being traded. <laughs> I mean, Silk is a much smarter guy than he is. So I, don't <laughs> I don't know what happened Hashtag to Filk. He's Silk. disappeared. He's fell off the Hashtag the bandwagon. Team Filk. <laughs> <Team> <laughs> That's true. That was Jeff's trademark for pretty much the, the entire three-month existence of that show. <laughs> Can you trade a yeah, franchise player? Yes. Yes, you can play it. Yes. Yes, and I believe... But Seattle doesn't need Robinson. <laughs> I think Robinson will be traded. I, I do not believe Chicago is going to re-sign him. I think they franchise them because well, they're they going to try to get as much... Yeah, they have him on the team for next year, though. Yeah, They do, but the, I, I still think that if a team offers them something that they want, they'll trade him. I, I do. I think that's why they franchise him. Allen Robinson don't want to be there. He doesn't. So why keep him there if he doesn't want to be there? He doesn't want Trapinski or uh, Foles throwing to him. And if it's not Russell Wilson, he's going to have the same quarterbacks he had last year. So why would he want to be there? Why? Are you lost in words? Because I am. <laughs> I no, see. yeah, no. I mean, it's a good, I know it's a, it's a good point. It's a very good point. But, you know, I mean, listen, if, if, if Russell Wilson was happy in Seattle, none of this would have happened. Like, you know, I don't buy the, oh, I don't want to get traded, but here's a list of teams that I would like to go to if you do think about it. Like, mm-hmm. dude, it feels like there's, I mean, that doesn't happen in good relationships, right? Mm-hmm. It, no, doesn't. So, I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't, no. There's something, there's something there that he's unhappy with, and I really feel like he could be traded. I think he's unha- He's not happy because they haven't built an offensive line or found the right guys that fit uh, in his offense. But I think because there's so many good free agents, there's so many good guards and, and, and offensive linemen that are going to be available this year, they can rebuild that offensive line. They can give him what he wants. They still have money to spend. They're not, they have not paid uh, Jamal Adams. I don't believe they're going to pay Jamal Adams this year. Um, but they can't do that. But they can't. But they can't sign uh, any free agents and be good because the only way to build a team is through the draft, right? No, I didn't. I didn't say that. I said that. That's what a lot of people have come out and said. And, and Bill Belichick has been doing that for years. So, and Joe Douglas believes that the Baltimore Ravens have done that for years. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers have done that for years. They've built around the draft. They haven't built around free agency. All the good teams have done it that way. But Seattle's done that too to an extent. The problem is their draft's been so weird at the beginning. Weak, weak for weak. the last couple of years. But day three, they're very good, and they find gems that work, especially with their defense over the years. But the problem is their day, their day one, their first round picks, and their second round picks have been just so weird. You alive there? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm sorry. I was uh, taking a drink there. I was just thinking no. about how dumb Anthony LaRocca is. Well, uh, listen, I mean, Anthony has I'm his own opinions. Ball. He has his own My opinions. All he's is the giant shoes and the red nose, and he could be Bozo. <laughs> uh, what did you think about the Miles Leonard thing? I mean, 
I'm asking you. Listen, I'm not going to – his whole written statement about he didn't know that that's what that was. Like, do you know how long it took for him to put out the state, that statement? Like two hours after that, that live stream, mm-hmm. right? He knew he screwed up the second he did it, mm-hmm. right? And he was first and foremost out front when he was like, "Oh, I'm not gonna, uh, I'm not gonna kneel to the to the anthem like the rest of my teammates." He's not a person that's not socially aware. He is. Mm-hmm. He, he knows what he's doing, whatever, and he needs to get his face out front and not hide right now. Mm-hmm. That's the worst thing he could be doing. And you know, to his credit, and I knew you're gonna go all Homer kind of Patriots thing. Julian Edelman reaching out to him and saying, hey, let's sit down and talk about this, I think was a really classy move. He also did it with Deshaun Jackson, and Deshaun Jackson said the same word. And, uh, I mean, it's disgraceful, but, I mean, I also don't want to be the person that says uh, you need to lose everything in your life over one mistake. That is a big mistake. What really bothers me, first of all, first of all, I took... I took Julian. I, I I spoke about Julian Edelman. I spoke about Julian Edelman. I give Julian Edelman a lot of credit because he's the only athlete that has come out and spoken up. You don't see LeBron James coming out. You don't see Kevin Durant. You see nobody but Julian Edelman coming out, and that bothers me, Jeff, because uh, when all the whole, the whole Black Lives Matter, the whole Colin Kaepernick thing came out, every single athlete came out and protected Colin Kaepernick. Now all of a sudden, Miles uh, Myers Le- Leonard said something to the public eye, nobody says anything. Nobody stands up for the Jew, the Jews or uh, the but, Jewish but religion. On, but hold on. But hold on. I, th- I think that you're making the mistake of conflating two issues here, okay? One was clearly out-of-pocket derogatory statement that, My- that Myers Leonard made, right? Clearly hate speech. That's not at all what Colin Kaepernick did. They're not even close to in the same realm of the same thing. It's not hate speech to kneel for the national anthem. It's not. So lumping those two things in together is conflating two two completely separate issues. I'm not even talking about the kneeling. I'm talking about the Black Lives Matter with all the police uh, hurting and, and murdering uh, African Americans. It was all about it was all about standing up for for their culture and everything like that. And now all of a sudden, uh, they're, 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 Jeremy Lin gets attacked. Uh, by fans uh, saying the derogatory things that he, that they said about him, and then all of a sudden this comes out, and Miles Leonard says something a racist or, or or anti-Semitic, and nobody speaks out. Nobody said anything about Jeremy Lin. Nobody spoke out. No athlete came out and said anything about the Jeremy Lin thing. It was just quiet, and nobody even said anything. And now Miles, the whole Miles Leonard, the same thing happened with Deshaun Jackson with everything that was going on. Deshaun Jackson said something. You didn't hear anything from LeBron James. You didn't hear anything from anybody. All you heard was... And Julian Edelman, he was the only one that, the only athlete that spoke up for what Deshaun Jackson said, and he's the only one that speaks up for Miles Leonard. Leonard, Leonard. To me, that bothers me because all these athletes, they use the platform, they stand out for the platform, and they say, "Well, um, I'm doing what's right for for my culture." This, this, and that. Even if it's not your culture, you should be standing up because we're all together as one. We're all one nation. We should not be taking shots at anybody, no matter what you are. Jewish, Puerto Rican, Haitian, well, that- African-American, it doesn't matter. 
Well, that's the thing. I think, you know, just in general, everyone across the board, white people, black people, Jewish people, whatever kind of people you want to name, I think everyone just needs to start being just a little better people, start treating people with a little more kindness. You know, I mean, I think that that would go a long ways. And yeah, I mean, I, you know, listen, Myers Leonard should be the, the, the person on Oprah out front giving an interview and have his face on TV and not hiding behind just some generic statement that he probably didn't even write himself. I agree, and I think Pat Riley should fire him. I, I really do. The fact that he is not coming out and not speaking up and saying the things that he should be saying, he should be fired. He should not be. You saw what, look at what happened to Colin Kaepernick. Look what happened to that guy. His career was ruined because he was kneeling for what he thought was the right thing to do. And then the NFL realized that they were wrong for what they did. They paid him out, and it still screwed his career. It still hurt his career. And then you heard LeBron James speaking up for Colin Kaepernick. You hear Kevin Durant speaking up. You hear all the NFL players speaking up for him. And then all of a sudden, this happens. You heard the same thing. The only person that's speaking out from this is Julian Edelman. And Julian Edelman did the right thing. He reached out to him and spoke to him and said that he wants to sit down and talk to him. It, there was nobody that was taking shots at what he said. And I, to me, it's disgraceful. And I'm saying it. It's disgraceful. He should have not said what he said. And you want to know something? He's going to get away with it. He, he may, and that would not be terrific. But do, do you think that people should be able to – and listen, what he did was abhorrent. I'm not trying to you know, ab- absolve what he did whatsoever because I'm in agreement with you. But I don't think anyone's life should be ruined over one mistake. Like if he makes it a habit and keeps going, agreed, bury him, right? But I don't think one mistake should define anyone's life. Hmm. It's very interesting. Uh, I'm thrown off with it. It's definitely something that really annoyed me when I heard it. I didn't even want to hear the re- the replay of what he said because it just upsets me so much that this man is is really going to get away with this. He's going to get away with it, and no professional athlete has speak spoken up from any of it except julian edelman and that's disgraceful it's disgraceful it really is no one no one i mean the bottom line is no one should slander anybody no like that ever i mean the only person that really deserves it is the b you know but but anyone else that 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 gets slander is you know maybe anthony LaRocca. (laughs) But, you know, beyond those two people, even, you know, in, you shouldn't, you know, we should all be trying to eliminate those words from our vocabulary period. Yeah, look, look, Carl says, Carl says Donald Sterling got banished from the NBA. He got banished from the NBA because he said a racial slur. Okay. He said one person said something. He was banished. He was banished from the NBA. He had to sell his team. Uh, all of a sudden you say something anti-Semitic and nobody gets in trouble for it. Again, that's completely different. You're conflating two issues. I'm just Donald Sterling had Donald Sterling had a repeated history of saying that, and his rant and those tapes, he didn't say it one time and he was done. He said it multiple times, and the way he spoke about African Americans was in a way that was uh, disrespecting them, right? Like even beyond that one word, right? So I, it's completely different than than using that word one time because that's not what I understand that you're saying it's completely different but why isn't there any NBA speaking out against what he said okay why isn't there any NFL players 
Why aren't there any MLB players speaking out? Everybody spoke out when everything was going on with the Black Lives Matter situation, but nobody's speaking out on this. Nobody spoke out for Jeremy Lin speaking out and sticking up for Jeremy Lin after what happened. Why is that? What is going on with this world? Why is it culture after culture? Why can't we all just get along and be one, you know, as one? I don't understand it. I don't understand it. And then when this happens, nobody says anything. Who cares? You have Adam Silver. He's a Jewish man. He has not even done anything, nothing against this. Nothing. I would, if I was Adam Silver, I would be pissed off, okay, that one of my guys that I'm the commissioner of is talking and saying derogatory things about my religion. My religion. The same guy that makes sure that you get paid $10 million a year because he's the commission of the league. And that's fair? That's nice? Come on, Jeff. That's disgraceful. No, the, I'm in agreement. It's disgraceful. I'm in agreement it's you. disgraceful. I'm in agreement with you that there should be a punishment, a fine, a suspension. Maybe he you know, gets cut from the team. I'm, all I'm saying is I'm fine with whatever punishment there is. I just don't think that one, like, if, you know, if he keeps making repeated mistakes, that's another thing, right? Like Donald's. But he did. believes it, Jeff. And when you come out and say that, you believe it. Okay? That's, that's the facts. It doesn't matter if he says it once or he says it twice. When you say it, you mean it. And to me, it's it's like when you say a racist term, if you come out and you and I I would never I would never go on live radio and take any shots at any culture because I know what it would cause. OK, I know what would what it would start. And I don't believe in that. I don't believe in any of those things. I believe that we're all the same. We're all the same person. We were all made the same Not way. Speedy. It, it's except speedy. Yeah, exactly. But. We're all born. We're and when you have social media and you have Twitch and you have all these ways that you can say the things that you say. He meant every word he said. Okay, so you can't forgive somebody for saying that. You can't. Well, do you, do you think Deshaun Jackson should play football? No, I don't. I said that when he when I heard that. The fact that Julian Edelman reached out to him and said it. He was the only one. It, it's disgusting. This is disgusting. I, I don't I don't agree with anything the leagues are doing right now. I don't agree. I'm so surprised that LeBron James. Are you gonna stop watching like the Beeb did? No, no, not at all. I, I'm gonna stop. I'm 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 I, I'm gonna t- attack Miles uh, Leonard on his uh, social media. I'm gonna I'm gonna reach out to him on Twitch, and I I would love to hear what he has got to say to anybody because to me he doesn't belong playing professional sports. He should not be playing I mean, professional be sports. I gotta be honest with you. If that dude shows up playing video games on Twitch again, he's the dumbest human alive. He's, he's dumb anyways. Off immediately. He's a dumbass anyways. He doesn't belong. He doesn't belong in the NBA. He doesn't des- deserve the opportunity to make the money that he makes. Okay, it's disgrace. He is a disgrace. What did you think? I, mean, of- I, think, that e- mm-hmm. I think that everybody should have the op. Just at least the opportunity for redemption. That's what. That's all. That's all I would say about that. Like, Carl. Yes, he made a mistake. Yes, mm-hmm. it's abhorrent. Mm-hmm. But I think that he deserves an opportunity at redemption. Carl says, just because it isn't on social media doesn't mean nothing is happening, Errol. Yes, it does. Yeah, I'll tell you why. Because if if these players are actually speaking up, all you would see is posts on social media. I have not seen Carl. I I I'm not a social media guru. I am. I'm, anybody will tell you that. I have 
almost 1,800 people follow me on Twitter, and I don't even go on Twitter that much, okay? And when I do post any, something, it's, it's amazing, okay? But I will say this. When I do skim on social media with LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Steph Curry, I, or even some of these NBA players like Ray Lewis, and I do, I skim through what they are saying on social media, and I have not heard one thing. Not one thing from these superstar players, the faces of professional sports, and they have not said one thing. Even Mike Trout, and I respect Mike Trout, he said something about the whole Black Lives Matter, okay? He said something on his social media. I haven't heard anything from Mike Trout, okay? That bothers me. It bothers me that these players, they have a lot to say about all these different things that are going on in the world, but the one thing that really stands out, and it does bother Jews, it does. It bothers every Jew that heard that come out of Miles Leonard's mouth. It does, because I've talked to two people today that are Jewish that are absolutely... Of course it bothers people. Who would want to hear hate speech? I mean, who would want to? I mean, that's ridiculous. Of course, it bothers everybody. Mm-hmm. Some people, well, if it bothers everybody, why? Why hasn't LeBron James said anything? He hasn't said anything. Why does he use his platform like he has always come? He's come out and said, "This is my platform, and I have every right to use it for for good." Okay, so people use it for the so because the he's, Washington name change yeah, too because he's Americans. because he's Miles Le- he probably is Miles Leonard Miles Leonard's friend, and because he's African American, he's not going to speak up. Is that what it is? Is that what it is? Because that's what it—that's what it seems like. That's what it seems like. You can't condemn other people and say that they're—you know—you're going to put them in the same boat as Myers Leonard because they haven't spoken out about it yet. You can't. That's unfair. But it happened—it happened 48 hours ago, Jeff. It happened 48 hours ago. Not everyone's going to use their platform to speak out in the way that you want them to. I never said me. I'm surprised nobody has spoke out. Look at Jeremy Lin. Poor Jeremy Lin did nothing wrong. Nothing wrong in the D-League or the G-League. Didn't say anything, didn't do nothing, and then somebody out there said racial slurs. Nobody in the NBA said anything about that, did they? No. No, 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 because it's not their culture. It's not any of that. So it's not a story. It's not a heart story. So nobody gives a crap. But that's why I don't, but that's why I don't think it's a mistake that Julian Edelman is the one reaching out because, you know, I mean, in all fairness. What a class act. Just, what a class act Julian Edelman is. I think, I think that he is. He's done that before. I think he is a class act, right? But in all fairness, everyone is – Everyone is comfortable identifying with their own thing, and in fairness, there's not a lot of Jewish athletes, and so Julian Edelman is kind of taking up the mantle and speaking for Jewish athletes. There's a lot more than you think, think, Jeff. There's a lot more than you think Jewish athletes out there. There are a lot. I mean, there's not. I mean, let's be honest. The Black Lives Matter thing is a layup because most of these leagues are at least 50% black. Okay. NBA, NFL, like all that kind of thing, right? Not, not every league is at least fifty percent Jewish. But not every league. But not who every is, person uh, publicizes their religion. Who was either, the gay though? guy that came out of the draft? Michael uh, Sam. Michael Sam. Remember when Michael Sam was drafted? Sure. And remember, he was drafted at the last round of the Seventh draft. Round. Yep. He was. He was drafted in the last round. Last round. He was like the one of the last eight picks. Or something. Yeah. And and let me ask you this question: When he was drafted, when he was drafted, did anybody? Anybody in any culture ever take shots at him over social media as an athlete? Did anybody? No, but is anyone taking shots at Jewish people over this? No, no one's taking. No, nobody is. You know, nobody, but nobody's speaking up either. Nobody's speaking up either. 
You can't, con- you can't condemn people because they haven't spoken up yet. You can't do that. It's unfair. It's really unfair. Please condemn Leonard and not those who haven't spoken. Carl, again, Carl, Carl, you can say, you know, you have your own opinion. I have mine. Carl's right. But Carl's right, though. Carl is 100% right. You can't condemn other people because they haven't spoken up yet, and it's not to your liking or or a whole community's liking, the whole Jewish community. It's not to their liking. You can't condemn others for it and lump them in with him. They aren't the ones that did anything wrong. Period. I'm not blaming anybody, and I'm not condemning anybody. I'm pissed you off. Are, I'm pissed off. I No, I'm not condemning anybody. I'm saying that these athletes, they have a lot to say about everything that's going on in the world. Kyrie Irving thinks the world is flat. Steph Curry thinks that nobody has stepped on the moon. But when something happens to Jeremy Lin, their peer, or Miles Leonard comes out and takes a racial uh, attack to Judaism, and nobody says anything. Those are the people. Those are the people that you want coming to this guy's defense, a flat earther. I'm just disgusted with the whole thing. I, I want to get off topic because I'm just tired of it. Uh, Zach Britton, uh, wh- what were your thoughts about Zach Britton? Uh, he's going to miss three months. Uh, chipped uh, elbow, I think it is. Left elbow, yeah, left elbow. He's going to miss three to four I months. Mean, typical. It's typical for the Yankees. Yeah, we, we need to, this is what we really need to start talking about, right? Because I know that you're going to go, oh, it's not a big deal, and you're completely wrong. I never said that. There's something going on there. There's something going on there with uh, the incompetence of that Yankees medical staff. Because for a long time they had misdiagnosed uh, Pena, and they could never get Aaron Judge healthy. And now this guy's got an injury, and that guy. The, the medical staff of the Yankees, they need to be replaced. Well, they have. Uh, they 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 replaced them. What was it? A year ago? Two years ago? One year. Yeah. They they replaced well, time them. Time for a whole nother turnover. Well, I, I, you can't blame the Yankees and, and the medical staff for him having a chipped elbow. I, I don't know the whole thing behind it. And and, and being that he's going to be out for three months, that's a significant amount of time. But the Yankees added some good you know arms to that bullpen. And uh, they'll probably add yeah, one or two more. For Yankee fans. I'm sorry? Yeah, my heart's broken for Yankee fans. I, I'm sure it is. But I, I think the Yankees are still in very good shape. I'm just very surprised when you hear this. You heard, um, obviously, a couple of weeks ago with the whole Aaron Boone, uh, with the pacemaker. Um, and then you hear this with Zach Britton. I, I'm, I, yes, it, it definitely worries you as a Yankee fan, knowing that the spring training is not even over yet, and, and they're losing a big piece in their in their bullpen. One, probably their one of their biggest pieces in their bullpen. Versatile and dominant. That's yes. a big good combination to have. Uh, I mean, losing a player of that magnitude definitely affects the Yankees moving forward. But the Yankees do have uh, some players in their farm system that uh, people have been talking about that. Uh, maybe weren't ready to come up this year, but maybe you're going to have to give a chance to. I, I'm, and there's still uh, there's still good arms that are available in free agency. So, right. question for Carl. Carl says he served up another bomb to the Cubs back in six, 2016. He blew it for the Dodgers. He never played for the Dodgers. He was on the, the Orioles that year, and he was a Cy Young candidate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's interesting. I, I, I'm very I'm very surprised now. Uh, spring training has anything stuck out to you so far? How about the Mets? practicing winning uh, the World Series today. Uh, did you hear about that? I mean, what a joke, bro. <laughs> what a joke. What an absolute joke. That clown show thinks that they're going to the World Series, so they're practicing. What a joke. What an absolute just joke of a franchise. 
with Daddy Warbucks as their owner now. Daddy Warbucks? I never heard that before. Daddy Warbucks. Why do you call him Daddy Warbucks? I want to hear that. That's the, that's the rich character from that book, my man. Oh, <laughs> Daddy Warbucks. That's that's good. That's a good one. Very interesting. Uh, I, I'm surprised. I, I'm reading this story and, and, and listening. They were doing defensive drills, and right after the defensive drills, they were uh, – uh, first of all, it is not even – the season hasn't even started. You don't even know if you're going to make the playoffs, okay? Yes, they're talented. They should, be practicing, they should be practicing carrying stretchers for when their first guy gets injured. <laughs> every year of the match. Oh, man. Oh, man. I – it's crazy. I, Speedy knows that's the truth. Well, he's a Met fan, and when he heard this, he he wasn't very happy. I don't know. I'm not a fan of premature celebrations or statements either. Um, so the only ones that have worked, like I said earlier, were Emmanuel Sanders saying it for the Broncos and Alshon Jeffrey, even before he was traded to the Eagles, say, I'm going to be on a Super Bowl-winning team next year, which he was with the Eagles. And he played well <laughs> that game. But beyond that, like it hasn't worked at all, especially for these high-expectation teams. And it, it worries me with the Mets because I think them and the Padres are kind of considered that quote-unquote off-season darling type team that you a lot of times those teams end up dropping off, and it does worry me a little bit uh, in that sense. <laughs> I mean, you know, you like the Mets are going nowhere ever. Like, when when your best fan is the bees, he doesn't like anything good. Mm. Well, I, I will say this. Carl says Speedy is a big fan of premature other things. <laughs> well, I agree. I would agree with that, Carl. That's for sure. <laughs> Everyone's picking on Speedy. We should go back picking on Anthony LaRocca and that clown. <laughs> I don't know. He hasn't been commenting in a while. I don't know. What happened to him? Ah, <laughs> uh, Anthony. Anthony's probably just listening to Ready to Attack. but Probably because his wife told him he had to go and do something. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. So, uh, wh- what, what are you? What a woman she is for doing the charity work of marrying that <laughs> clown show. <laughs> oh, oh man! Oh man! Really, Carl? I give you a piece of information now. You make fun of me with 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 butt jokes again. <laughs> he says, "Premature stick up his butt." <laughs> oh, oh, here's him. Oh, Anthony. he's back. I got to go to dinner, boys. All I'll right, man. You later, but. All right, Jeff. Thank you, you for joining enjoy. us. Thank you, Jeff. <laughs> Jeff, a.k.a. Jeff from Tampa. Interesting. Interesting fellow. Or sir. Uh, Anthony LaRocca says, Guy can't stop talking about me. <laughs> I'm living rent-free in Jeff's head. <laughs> uh, tell him I'll send him hockey for dummies in the mail. <laughs> Man, we got 13 minutes left. By the way, I want to give a shout out to the birthday boy, Mark Kelly. Okay, mm-hmm. Mark Kelly, and I, I, I didn't get a chance to call him. I'm going to call him right after the show. Uh, his birthday um, was on Monday, and uh, I want to wish him a very, very happy birthday because uh, Mark Kelly's a good dude, uh, hard worker, uh, dedicated to the sports world, and a person that I, I've grown. Uh, very close with as a brother, as a friend, and uh, as a confidant. So, uh, shout out to Mark Kelly. Happy birthday to him! Yes, happy birthday. Um, I know, I know, Mark. You were you were texting me on Monday about uh, stuff you were going through. I'm uh, wishing you all the best with everything with that. Happy birthday, and uh, hope you're doing much better for yourself. Hopefully, and uh, 
Oh man! So, what stands out to you on some of these stories, Speedies? What 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 are the what are the current events that really stands out to you before we go? Well, definitely with definitely with the franchise tags. We didn't really get into them in, in no. full. Uh, I wanted to go get, through them. Go, go into a little of that. Some of the surprising ones that did not get franchise tagged. Uh, Aaron Jones was one of them for Green Bay. Uh, we're, we've been debating that in the past. I know you said they shouldn't pay him, but I'm surprised that they listened in, at least didn't try. Uh, Kenny Galladay, another one we thought would both be for Detroit uh, because they really need a lot of receiving help in that at this point. Well, uh, we knew he was he was going to go to free agency. Yeah, but again, the Lions, again, they need so much as it is. Why create more holes for yourself? You're already cash-strapped as it is. I mean, just try something at that point. Um, that was definitely one of them. That would be a good fit, fit for the Jets, Kenny Galladay. Yeah, he would. And the only thing that concerns me with Galladay, two things. One, he's been injury-prone in his career. Two, he's really streaky game-to-game when you look at his season. You know, even though his season totals have been good for the most part, a lot of it comes in four or five games. But as a complimentary type guy to go along with Mims, that could definitely be a good option. And a, a guy that'll take number one coverage so Mims doesn't have to if they don't get another receiver. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's definitely one. Um, you're looking at some of the other ones. Uh, two safeties, Broncos, Justin Simmons, and Marcus Williams for the Saints. I think two that had to get done. And we were talking about earlier with the Giants. Leonard Williams... Will they get a long-term deal with them is another question. I think they will, but if they don't, I mean, they're stuck with him getting top five Surprise, defensive tackle money. And we weren't surprised that Juju is not getting franchised. No. He's a free agent. He's another guy that if the Jets decide to keep Sam Donald, he would be a perfect fit for the Jets. Yeah, the, the Steelers have a history of getting rid of their receivers after their rookie deals, and it seems like they replenish them well. They really don't, except for... When Antonio Brown was a really young player peaking at 2012, 2013, that was really the only stretch they had no receiving depth after that. Then they really find him well, whether it's a short-term type thing or a long-term type thing. They find him well after that, so that didn't surprise me. I just don't know if Juju's going to get number one receiver money like he wants to because he didn't have a great season without Antonio Brown. Well, he's not going to get it from the Jets, that's for sure. No, I don't, I don't <laughs> think he would get it from the Jets either. And again, there's a lot of teams that I don't know if they necessarily have receivers as their biggest need, even quote-unquote bad teams. We talked about Jacksonville earlier having the most money. Is a receiver really their biggest need? They got Chark, who's nice. They drafted LaVisca Chenault. They've had other young players who played well for them. Are they going to get money from there? Uh, maybe the Patriots, but I don't know if the Patriots are going to go after that kind of guy who dances all over the field and stuff like that like he does. I can't see that kind of thing happening. Mm-hmm. So I don't know where that kind of contract is going to come. Maybe the Raiders. Maybe they're looking for something flashy like that, but they need a lot on defense where I don't know if they can afford to do that either. And, and by the way, Brown going to the Patriots, I mean, that's very intriguing, very mm-hmm. interesting. And I, and the Patriots are going to do that. They're going to they're build around the offensive line. They're going to build around the trenches. If, if old-time football is always known to do that, and, and Joe Douglas believes in it. The, the Baltimore Ravens, the Patriots, the Pittsburgh Steelers, um, all the old time teams believe in. Even the even the, the, the New York Giants over the years, yep. they believed in uh, defensive line and offensive line, and that's what usually builds championship competitive teams. Uh, the Patriots are very well known to do that, and I think it was a very good move for the New England Patriots. Uh, very surprised Oakland. Uh, decided to part ways with Trent. Brown. They don't need him because they have our offensive line strong as it is, and they need money for other things. That defense is really bad. Their receivers are nothing special. Outside, uh, outside of they got Jacobs and Waller who are great, but outside of that, they don't really have much with the skill players. And that 
and again, what they need to do with their young players on the offensive line is just trust them to do what they need to do, and then they can spend money the rest of the way because they haven't drafted well in recent drafts. I hate their draft last year especially, mm-hmm. and they need so much on defense because a lot of those young pass rushers haven't come through. So they need that money in other places, and that contract even at the time for one great year for the Patriots was horrific. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, Anthony LaRocca says, what do you think? What do you guys think? Of the NHL's new seven-year TV deal with ESPN. Mm. Wow. I I will say this. I always wanted to see ESPN uh, ESPN and hockey put back together. I mean, everybody remembers uh, ESPN hockey night when we were kids. I I remember. Growing up, and I, I, I loved it. And hockey wasn't enough. On TV, it would it, the only time you can get a chance to watch hockey as a kid was either on MSG with the Rangers or SNY with the Islanders or or something of that magnitude. There was never hockey packages. You couldn't watch some of the great hockey plays. You couldn't watch Wayne Gretzky play in LA unless they were playing on ESPN Hockey Night. That was the only time you got a chance to see hockey. Um, you know, in all different areas of the country. So. Uh, hockey was really, you know, when it came to TV deals, it was really built around uh, ESPN. And, and, and ESPN really took hockey to that next level with Bill Pito and Barry Melrose, if you remember, uh, when, when it had hockey night and, and, and all that other stuff. So I think this is a great deal for the, the, for the NHL and a very good deal for ESPN, which ESPN, as far as numbers are concerned, has not been good, Speedy. Yeah, it's a vari- they're trying to expand their variety for sure. We're seeing ESPN because they've been, I guess – struggling with keeping, keeping like their main journalists there, their main broadcasters there. They've had to, they've compensated for a lot of live games. Obviously their NBA is still strong, but beyond that, they've kind of fallen apart in other areas, college basketball, college football, they've done well with as well. But again, giving them that other sport definitely gives them a boost. Cause right now they're limited to only ESPN plus games, which a lot of people can't afford to get. It's kind of like a premium package for a lot of these people. And that'll definitely help get more viewers. And it just another bigger network because really NBC sports, is the only thing that's been carrying on a national level the NHL, in at least in America. Obviously, in Canada, it's a lot bigger, but it gives them another national network like other sports have. NFL has, obviously, every main network imaginable. MLB's got ESPN. They have their local networks. They got MLB Network. And the NBA is TNT right. and TBS and all those, and with ESPN. Which is so, very popular, right? Which, which mm. is insanely popular. Yeah. So the NHL needs that kind of thing to, to make it work, just to have another dual network, rather than just being stuck with the same, not that the guys are bad with NBC Sports, a lot of them, but just only one network covering it makes it hard. So this will definitely help in terms of getting another uh, streaming and just revenue and viewership, stuff like that. Oh, Gary Bettman loves this. And and some of these teams and some of the owners of, of the NHL are going to love this because this gives them more money, puts more money in their pockets, especially with endorsements and everything that the, the NHL are going to get out of this. And the NHL is going to make a lot of money off of this, especially with the commercial deals and, and the sponsorships. And by the way, uh, now you have the NHL playoffs that can play, be played on ESPN. Yeah, so right. that's something that uh, the NHL is going to love. They're going to really love that. Yes, especially if, again, if like it always is with the NHL playoffs, the series are good that long, you're going to get more games on it, more revenue in that sense, rather mm-hmm. than the the five game in comparison to the NBA series you see a lot in the first round. It's crazy. It really is. And I think the NHL needs that. I don't think the NBA on ESPN is doing very well. And I think ESPN realizes that. And hockey with the playoffs, everybody knows hockey and, and playoffs are it's the best it's series. The best. It's the best. Yeah. yeah, it's it's the best. Out of all the sports, it, hockey playoffs is the best. So 
being that, and I don't know what kind of deal the ESPN is going to have on that because I don't know if the NBC uh, still controls uh, the games on uh, NBC. Maybe the contracts are going to be different now yeah. after the first year or after the second year where ESPN can actually play some of the games. We used to watch some of the games on USA. Uh, last year, I think a couple yeah, of Yeah, they games- had a couple playoff games. I, I think they were like kind of that fourth or fifth tier channel for yeah. the playoff games because – NBC Sports had some of it, then it was like CNBC and MSNBC and some and stuff like that. But yeah, they had a couple of the first round games. Mm. It's so interesting. It really is. And and I'll tell you this, with March Madness right around the corner, everything happening in sports right now, I think the NHL really needs to solidify who they are as an organization. I think Gary Bettman, as much as I don't like the man, I, I don't <laughs> like him as a, a commissioner. Then again, I don't really like any of the commissioners. And after Adam Silver sitting back and not saying anything about uh, these anti-Semitic terms and, and things, I'm not a big fan of his either. So, uh, yeah, there's no good commissioner. There really there. isn't. <laughs> there really isn't any good commissioners. There's I, controversy in college. There's yeah. controversy in the yeah. Olympics. If you wanted to go there, yeah. right? like <laughs> every every sport has it somewhere. Uh, Anthony <laughs> says ESPN, ABC are going to have the rights to four of the next seven finals, hmm. which is interesting. Wow, okay. That's it's a pretty that's pretty big right away. Yes, especially for the ESPN. Mm-hmm. And I think that helps uh, you know, a lot of the hockey fans because a lot of hockey fans remember ESPN and, and hockey night. I did, and I used to love it. And and I think that really drew me as a fan to tune in every Sunday and Monday, uh, or even Saturday nights to watch uh hockey on, on those channels. So Yeah, from what I hear it was definitely very popular, obviously a little before my time. I remember the first one that I remember with ESPN with hockey was a was a video game, but yes. it, I remember p- older people telling me it was definitely very popular at the time. Super and Nintendo, a lot of, a lot of yeah, a lot of the a lot of the analysts that they have there now were, were play-by-play broadcasters or color commentators at the time, and they really made it work to the extent where it was entertaining value. Which sometimes hockey, again, throughout the throughout the season, it's it, because it's not talked about as much. You kind of need that extra entertainment value and those uh, those types of personalities to make it work, and that could end up working for them too if they have the right guys. Uh, by the way, Duke is up uh, on Louisville, fifty-one uh, thirty-nine. Wow, that's really that's really big. It was it was only a one-point game at halftime, mm-hmm. so Duke is really come out. And, they need and, to win this game. And Louisville's been hot, too, mm-hmm. which is making a big difference as well. They were, they they had one bad dud at the end of the season against Notre Dame, but beyond that, they were coming in on, a, I think, a seven-game win streak, and they've gotten themselves into the tournament picture, too, but this is not going to look good for them. It's going to look really good for Duke, though. Yeah, if they win this game, I mean, maybe they sneak into the... the well, they're going to they're the probably need... I would say two more other wins in the ACC. I don't know if they necessarily have to win the ACC tournament, but they're going to need another tier one type win. And they're a 10 seed, so maybe they end up playing a one seed, which is Virginia, or a two seed, which is Florida State. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if they knock one of those teams off either. <laughs> I, I would laugh if, if they beat Virginia. <laughs> uh, I know you don't like Virginia. They're not. Kansas is my number one enemy in college basketball. But. Is Speedy going to root for the Seattle Krakens next year? Heard he's abandoning. I'm not going to abandon the Rangers, but I will root for the Kraken just because he doesn't. Like I can't. <laughs> I can't stand that name. I can't. That stand and the, and Hawaii Rainbow Warriors are oh Errol's two God. least favorite names. Two of the worst names creation known to man when it comes to sports. Okay, the Hawaiian Rainbow Men and obviously the Krakens. I mean, they should have called them the Seattle Grunge. I've said this over and over again. Uh, grunge rock comes from Seattle. It makes more at least, or call them Seattle serial killers because that's where most of the serial killers come from. I call them something, not the Krakens. That'd be a bad look. I don't, think I don't know. I'm just, I'm just saying it's better than the Krakens. I mean, give me a break. 
Terrible name. Terrible I don't name. think you want to be portrayed as that, as a, as a player. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm just saying. You, maybe you have Ted Bundy on your jersey. <laughs> Jeez. Could you imagine that? Ted Bundy as your jersey, I mean, as your logo. That would be funny. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how many players are going to go there. The but... Seattle serial killers. <laughs> right, Anthony does say, carry Gary Thorne as the next announcer. Yeah, that would be good. I, I definitely would like that. I've, I've, I have listened to him broadcast hockey. And he's actually pretty good with baseball, too, from uh, the couple uh, of Lou says, Lou says no one abandons the uh, New York Rangers. No, uh, our host of the show did when he was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Lou clearly hasn't been listening to the show enough. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, Anthony says, can they replicate the success the Knights had? That will be hard. Maybe, no. um, again, no. NHL playoffs, anything could happen. Definitely. I don't think the regular season success they'll be able to duplicate because teams are going to be a lot more careful with what they did. Not like we saw with the with, with Vegas, what Minnesota was giving them and Florida and teams like that. All uh, Obviously, well, the Penguins were going to trade Flurry anyway, but all, everything they were really just Not giving a chance them, in hell. Yeah, there was a lot of dumb decisions that a lot of those organizations made to get Vegas the young talent that they had. Give Vegas some credit. They did a lot of other – made a lot of other guys work, like William Carlson came out of nowhere – a lot of their defensemen came in out of nowhere. But, again, it, a lot of it was gifted with top prospects and stuff, too, where they, they were able to now trade for Stone and Pacioretty and guys like that. But, again, anything can happen in the playoffs where that could be, all right, they're an expansion team. We'll take it lightly. Maybe they make a run. In terms of winning the division like Vegas did and being a number one seed in the West. Not a chance in seed, hell. I can't see that. It's not happening. I Definitely not happening. Uh, Lou says, no first time listening but I'm enjoying it. Thank you, Lou. Well, now, now you know. Now you know. That's the backstory of Errol's we fun. love talking hockey about fanhood. Hockey. He yes. started out as a Ranger fan, yeah. and then why do we have to bring this up? Why? Because why Lou to... needs to know the story. Um, I grew up a Ranger fan till the age of 11. They traded John Van Beesbrook. I became an Islander fan at the age of 14 years old. Van Beesbrook went made his run with the Florida Panthers. I rooted on. I was I was the, really one of the first front runners in, in NHL history. <laughs> you were, you were I, one of the first Florida I Panthers revo- fans, and now there's not many of them left. <laughs> I revolutionized, uh, you know, being a front runner when it came to professional sports. Now everybody's a front runner. Everybody becomes. In the olden days, it was all about your team. Now it's all about the player with fantasy sports, and now you'd rather wear uh, your favorite uh, favorite player's jersey than your favorite team. I, I mean, not me. I, I stick with my team. Uh, LOL. Thank Maybe I'll get a Seattle guys, but, jersey just for that. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Lou. Thank you for listening to the show. We really appreciate it. Keep following mm-hmm. us. Follow up. Uh, by the way, follow our app. If you don't have our app, go to iOS, which is Apple, WWSRN, or Android, uh, Worldwide Sports Radio Network. All our articles, all our stories, all our clips, our shows are all on there. We really appreciate you listening to us. Well, Speedy, that is it, man. Uh, I actually have some. Uh, um, who do we got? Uh, I have to talk to. I have some. I have some kids that I have to talk to. You got some kids to talk about. To talk, talk to. to no, talk well, to. Well, yeah, so talk about. What do you? What, what do you? What do you think? I'm a crazy lunatic or something? Talk about. Jesus, well, you're crazy, please. but yeah, you wouldn't do that. <laughs> no, I've got some interns that I'm going to be talking about. Uh, some writers that are going to join our network and write for us uh, that are going to get college credit. So. Um, that's it for our show, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we have any shows tonight? Not tonight. Uh, tomorrow we got Ryan, Ryan Hickey in the morning from 9 to 11 a.m. We got the B Show from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. And Chaz and Sports Betting Weekly, 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 to 6 p.m. their time. Well, uh, that's a good lineup, guys. So if you, if you like betting and you want to make some money, 
some of the best handicap guys on that show. If you guys like to bet on sports, it's definitely something that you have to check out. Uh, we have a great lineup of shows. Go check out our app. Go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Uh, we appreciate all the fans that tune in to us every single day. Keep listening to us. Uh, there's a lot of big things happening, especially on the big FM dials. Uh, and re- listen to our show on the FM dial on the LI News Radio Network. You can go to uh, iHeartRadio if you're not here in Long Island uh, in a 60-mile radius, but you can hear our show on 103.9. So, By the way, best of luck on Friday with your surgery Thank as well. you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, I'm getting my neck surgery on Friday, my disc replacement. Definitely scary, guys, as an athlete uh, and and all the things and the trials and tribulations that I've been going through over the last couple of months. And uh, it's definitely scary uh, having somebody, uh, you know, practically slice your throat and, and put a new disc in that you've had practically your whole life. Well, your whole life, 38 years. Uh, it's scary. But um, hopefully a speedy recovery and uh, – um, I'm going to be here. I'm going to be here next week. Even with the surgery, I will be doing the show no matter what. So I'm going to be here entertaining you guys and even on 103.9 on Saturday. So it's crazy, but I will be doing it. That's it, guys. Uh, we will be back. Uh, well, Ally News Radio, the 103.9 show, uh, the Weekend Crunch. Uh, we will be back on Saturday at 7 p.m. Check us out. Uh, or you can listen to us on Monday and Wednesday. Uh, down to the Wire on Monday at 6 p.m. And uh, below the mic at 6 p.m. on Wednesday. Until then, this is Errol Marks and Mr. Tidy Whitey Man himself, Speedy Petey, saying goodnight. And we'll talk to you then. Good night, everybody. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.